0: Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. Don't try to run, don't-
1: What's up food podcast with Felipe Esparza and Rodrigo Torres. Yeah, man. Rodrigo Torres at the show, March sixteenth, right?
2: Seventeenth. Uh at the Ontario Improv is gonna be a kick ass show. Armando Cosillo, Flaco, if he's still alive by then. <laughs> the, and Chris Doran, dog.
1: It's the St. Patrick's Day or afterwards?
2: L- uh yeah, what's that day the Chris Doran's coming? Yeah, if he's coming oh, down. Check it out. And uh we Stay got in PK. your house or what? Yeah. We'll fucking, uh, PK? And PK hosting.
1: Trying to bring those shrooms, bro. He has a hookup. Oh, we'll see dude, what's up. Fool. What's up, damn yeah, man? To bring I'll some... get you a little back too. Hell
2: oh, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So yeah, Ontario improv. Please come <clears> out, <throat> man. Support, man. It'll be kick ass. What's
1: up, fool? We're right here, man. Chilling, man. Um, how was your weekend? The what?
2: weekend was cool, dog. And you know, in and out, dude. Doing a little spot, and then I didn't even know I had a show on fucking Super Bowl. So other than that, it was cool. <clears throat> I had you a day.
1: Up. I, I went to the dentist, man, and they and I, they put that, Replaced that molar. So they put the little. Um, anchor. Anchor.
2: So they just put the anchor in right now and you're going to wait till the, that heals and then put the molar in so it can be looking smooth. Yeah, man. Be like those fools that have that molar missing when they smile, huh, fool?
1: I want to I wanna, I wanna see that doctor I want to punch his ass, Day, Why, fool? Because he was supposed to replace the front teeth, you know, instead of have, me having this cool ass grill that this Colgate smile. <laughs> I was supposed to get permanent veneers, you right, know? Right, right. And, but then he said that, um, yeah, man, your gun wouldn't take. You well, know.
2: why didn't they tell you that in the beginning?
1: I know that. I was gonna ask them that, man. So then, what's up? So I'm gonna get another permanent. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have um another replacement, but it's gonna look good. It's gonna look like permanent teeth.
2: Or right, this time they're gonna do it all the way yeah, and fucking start bullshitting again.
1: Yeah, man. So years and years of crack smoking just killed all my teeth.
2: Do you think, were you flossing and all that shit, brushing every day like three times a day before?
1: Yeah, bro, I was flossing with, with a, if, if I was smoking crack near a towel, <laughs> I'd just pull a little string, bro. <laughs> oh. Fool, I'm one of those uh, people, man, that flosses with anything they can find, man. Like, if you hand me a business card, I'm probably going to pick my teeth with it.
2: Yeah, that other day at the, at the hotel, I was like, dude, get the soft shit. That, you don't feel nothing, dog, because fuck, that shit cuts me up, that string, dog. Ugh. You're all bloody, dog.
1: I know, man. I remember when I, when I was a kid. Um, remember, I don't know, I don't know when you were, were a kid in elementary school where they teach you how to brush your teeth or, or you have one day of, um, one day of hygiene. health, yeah. hygiene, and um, they teach you how to floss and how to, um, did they give you that pill, like a red pill you take to find out if your teeth are dirty? <laughs> no. You remember that at the, pill? At the pool, pool Jimmy, what? remember, it, bro? He's the old are school. You, Oh, fuck.
2: Hey, there he <laughs> is. Jimmy. What was that
1: pill called? I don't know, but it was. It was pink and the Yes It was a pink what pill the fuck Yeah bro we're, 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 Me and Jimmy, We're oh, in the school. matrix bro So <laughs> fuck, it was a dude. pink pill And uh, you take it And and if you have plaque It'll just highlight your plaque Fool I came home That fucking red shit Didn't come off dog. <laughs> I, I, I stamed, I, dog I was walking home With fucking bloody teeth Are you serious Yeah I was like que te paso? What happened to you Somebody punched you I told you to shut up You know <laughs> <laughs> my, mom, my mom, whenever I got hurt My parents never asked me um, Are you okay? Are you okay was never the first asked question, man <laughs> Who did you piss off? <laughs> What'd you do? Did you open your big mouth again? I told you, man Fucking run that thing to get you punched So it was all red from that red pill You never got it?
2: Nah, fool I was tripping out when you told me right now, dog It was like, dude This is how it broke my fucking I don't know, it was super broke But the principal came in there and said If you don't have a toothbrush Just put a little <sighs> toothpaste on your finger And brush your teeth with your finger, dog that's how broke. that shit we
1: don't work, bro. And
2: then one time they gave us floss I took that shit home and my mom made me throw it away, dog.
1: Oh really? Because
2: he's like, "What are you putting shit in your teeth for?" It's like this fuck.
1: She do not know nothing about flossing. But we, nah,
2: we, for she's like, if you're born with good teeth, you should have your teeth should be good always. It's
1: like, at my house, house, we man? never had floss for.
2: But we didn't get to high school, dog.
1: I remember, man, like, sometimes I'll be at a, at a party and I see my aunts or somebody flossing, like, in the living room. <laughs> After they ate food? After they ate. That's okay. nasty, <laughs> dog. Look at that
3: fucking I meat know, my, meat. And
1: then, like, you, you could see, you could see there's meat and blood coming out. <laughs> to me, flossing is fucking amazing. gross, man. Sick, I don't like what? people who floss in front of me. I don't like. Fucking people are clipping their toenails.
2: That's bathroom shit, bro. Like
1: off in the road was this comic at the comedy condo in San Antonio. Do tell. (laughs) And this fool is fucking clipping his toenail in the liberal watching TV, bro. They fly. I fucking fly up to the I'm eating soup, man. Fucking toenail flies in my soup, probably. Never noticed that shit.
2: Yeah, that's strictly bathroom shit, dog. Yeah, but but
1: I remember being at parties party and people just flossing away, bro. Like, right next to me. Like, <laughs> dude. Having a floss party. Hey, then. bro, go fuck in the bathroom and floss over there and come back with with a fresh minty's breast milk. <laughs> but I'm the a full fucking flossing next to me. Like, one of my uncles. Ah, esta pinche carne está buena. <laughs> Tengo carne en mis dientes. Well, sometimes you pull out mean little chunks, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, when I used to, uh when I first saw Dumb and Dumber... Dumber I ain't gonna lie, the first one, that's when I first realized, oh, people floss, I actually floss. When all that shit came out of his teeth? Yeah, when all that shit came out of um, Jim Carrey's mouth, when he was flossing and Dumb and Dumber, I thought that was like, nah, it's gross. No, Kingpin. Oh, shit. Remember, he was flossing and all those fucking chunks of meat flying in the refrigerator? Ugh, dude. I thought that was just a movie, but I really have it in real life, yeah, too. Yeah,
2: fool, you, dude, You get, shit gets stuck in there, dog. That's why the fools get those weird blue and black teeth and ugh. Cause that shit'll rot in
1: there, dog. the doctor was telling me that um that uh, when you have really really bad teeth, bad teeth like Flacco, you know, or 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 somebody with uh, or a crackhead, you know, or anybody like that, it, 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 whatever disease or gross shit you have in your mouth, it goes all the way to your stomach, and then you have bad teeth and bad toes now.
2: Supposedly that's the beginning of it, right? You yeah. Start from your teeth and then it start from your.
1: So if you have bad teeth out there, man, this week, man, don't buy a don't buy an ether. Don't get a forty-ouncer. Go get, go get your Obamacare or whatever dental care you have. And I told my, ki- my my one of my kids, right? He was sick. He wanted to go to a dentist. Wanted me to pay. I said, "Fuck that, man." <laughs> I said, "You go to the county 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 hospital, general hospital. You get there at five in the morning and you stand in line like everybody else and you fucking apply for dental, okay? Because man, a person needs to take care of their own teeth, but you can't have one pay for it and shit."
2: And that shit's expensive, dog
1: It's expensive It's
2: expensive when you Don't take care of your teeth And then you go in there With a real problem Dude, Mando said Three G's for a crown, dog For a crown? Yeah, dog
1: Fuck with the crown of Elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> We with get the, with the crown of England, bro Of Spain I
2: think it, The thing is He's a older, I think And the fact that he's diabetic So they have to He's do diabetic? It. Yeah And he's stole these
1: tortillas, huh? Hey,
2: they're
3: good, eh?
1: I'm not worried about being about diabetic, since we had Corey Hokomo here, we had a lot of listeners. Oh, bro, I'm some Who listeners. I was diagnosed. Said, I was worried about, bro. I've 14 times a day, and so I went to a doctor. He said I have a back back spasms or some kind of fucked up back, so the fucked up back was causing him to pee a lot. So he took care of it, bro. Yeah, and
2: that's- he would have never known. Dude, let me tell you, fool, it's so true, but we don't know because fucking dick. We don't know. I mean, how many people do you know since I've known you that, fuck, oh, I went to the doctor, got checked out, everything's fucking cool? Only Joe Diaz, bro.
1: He's <laughs> 50.
2: Remember had that little ball on his shoulder, dog? Oh, <laughs> it had to cut that fool out. Oh, wow, fool. Out.
1: I was I was tripping last night, right? I was just in my... You were like, you were like, be laying down in bed, and then all of a sudden you just start busting you know, up about, about something you thought about. Oh,
2: hell yeah. Well, that's, I always did that shit, time,
1: fool. True story, dog. You know how Big Dog, and you guys know who Big Dog is. You know who big, how Big Dog is always trying to bag on your ass or try to be funny, like, in front of other people just to make himself look cool? Yeah, but
2: he kind of get a little... You know those assholes,
1: it, man, that they, like, they're, they're your friends, but they decide to just make fun of you when when people who don't know you around.
2: They don't want to see you shine, huh, Yeah, <laughs> they want you to be cool,
1: right? They want you to be cool and shit, right? So this fool always do that, right? Like, he'll, he'll make fun of me or, you know get a quick little laugh, whatever, right? <laughs> you know, but I'm not in a friendly way. Like when, when I bag on you, you know, you, you're going to laugh too, right? But, but I don't do it constantly, constantly, but this fool like does it like to the point where, man, this fool's serious. Does he hate me? So, yeah. down? yeah. So we were in the elevator, right? At the, I don't know where we we're at, probably leaving an audition or the mall somewhere, the Beverly center. And then we were in there with fucking a bunch of yuppies. I guess they were yuppies. They had suits on. And this fool busted out a joke, and the fucking dudes in the elevator were busting up, bro. Just looking at me, busting up over what he said.
2: Be in the fool, of the joke and shit.
1: I bitch slapped that motherfucker in the elevator. I forgot I bitch slapped that motherfucker, dog. And what happened, fool? I bitch slapped him hard, like a, like a smack in the face. Like a perfect one? And I said, and then and I told him, and then I said, what are you, you going to do, man? You're going to do nothing, man. And if you motherfucker keep laughing, I'm going to fucking fuck you guys up, too. <laughs> and I stopped the elevator, bro.
2: <laughs> you just snapped, fool, huh?
1: Yeah, man. We just, I just snapped
2: just comes to the point where you just can't take everybody's bullshit no more, though.
1: Yeah, it's just I that, bro. And um I was tired of him, bro. Like, all the time, trying to be funny, you know, in front of his. Like, he'll bring his friends over that didn't know me. Then they keep making fun of me and bagging on me. You know, and I had to break my hand the way Blake Griffin broke his hand on the fucking uh, equipment guy. <laughs> Fool, I found out what happened. What happened? They said they said that it they were they have a teasing contest. Okay. And you know, white reporters don't know don't know how to write bagging. <laughs> you know, man, let me tell you man. I don't care, man. If you're the, if you when you have a job where you're the biggest with a, a hierarchy and there's a small motherfucker, like, scrubbing tables. That's a funny motherfucker you don't want to fuck with, bro. <laughs> he had nothing to lose. <laughs> so I just want to know, what the hell did he tell Blake Griffin so good that made him want to bucket, break his hand over his head?
2: I don't know. Did he find out?
1: No, I want to I wanna know what he said. Because they were having a teasing contest. So, you know, they were bagging yeah, each other.
2: That just hardcore under wraps right now.
1: Yeah, so they were, like, eating together. He, what he? What could he possibly say, bro? Because this guy's an equipment manager, bro. He fucking pretty much passes out water and napkins and towels. Uh,
2: those folks know a lot of the underworld, dude. Oh, uh, he must have
1: been. He must have said something personal that only him and him know. Because that's what really it is, man. When like when your homie bags on you, <laughs> when you're begging with a homie, and you're begging hard, dog. Because I seen it, man. That you know when black comedians do it and Latino comedians do it, white comics don't do it too much, man. Because they, they get their feelings hurt. <laughs> but I seen, I seen people, people get degraded, dog. So getting back to the elevator, dude. So this <laughs> who said a joke that was kind of like a Mexican joke. So those two, of course, those two white guys laughed and there's, there's two Latinos. So I'm thinking this motherfucker making a Latino joke at my expense for these guys. So I said, fuck that, dude. I just got tired of him and I bitch slapped that motherfucker in the elevator, dog. Like hard, bro. It was one of those, um, one of those, um, one of those, um, Michael Corleone, bro, in Godfather 2. Michael, why would I want another son? Another evil? I it had to stop right here. And it was a boy. And I know that with the Catholic thing and the Sicilian thing, you will never forgive me. And then smack, bro. That's the kind of smack.
3: <laughs> not too hard, attack.
1: you know, not as hard like that, but you know, just enough to, so the whole world could hear and you can just feel it after. <laughs> so he let it, I, th- he, it was, I thought it was over right there, you know, he let it go, whatever. Hey, man, I'm sorry I had to slap you like that, bro. You were out of line, man. And considering, you know, it was friendly. So he let it go. You know, let me tell you, man. Somebody slapped me. I ain't going to let that shit go in front public. So we're uh, doing the comedy show, and this fool's loaded, bro, drunk. Is this in and New York? Know, in, in, no, it's in um oh, okay. So, you know, I'm always driving him around because, you know, he has no, he gets loaded. So I'm driving his car, Right. And he goes, man, don't you ever bitch slap me, ever, motherfucker. So this fool starts to choke me while I'm driving, but you're bro. Driving. I'm driving. So I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm swerving. We're going to fucking crash. We're going to hit a car, right? So he's fucking trying to strangle me. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I said, you know what? It's not my car. So I ran over a newspaper stand. I ran over a newspaper stand there on Beverly by Carlos Jr. And then I hit another one. Yeah. With, with the newspaper little machine, right? The, the dollar one. And then I said, motherfucker, when we get to Denny's, I'm going to fucking kill you, dog. <laughs> just fucking let me just get to Denny's, motherfucker. That fool says, dude, oh, he's bagging. Pull over now. You know, like trying to make a seat Pull over Cut. now. I said, hell no, nah, man. I'm going to get pulled over here. I'm getting a ride home. So Gabriel Iglesias waiting for me at Denny's. So when we get there, I said, man, if you come out of the car, it's going to be trouble, man. If I was going to just stay inside the car for a little while to shit comes down. So then he's not inside the car. He's outside the window while I'm eating doing karate moves, you're bro. Lying, no. Dog. He's doing karate moves, and then he's trying to pick a fight with another fool that was there laughing, bro. I'm going to fuck that. I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> you know how it is, bro, when you're, like, getting your ass beat, you know, and... Um, some people just fucking with you, so you just said, "You know what, the fuck this day. I'm gonna fuck with the equipment guy."
3: <laughs>
1: it was so, funny. So I said, oh, "Dude, I don't know." He ended up coming inside the the the, the Denny's and we squashed it. Of course, everything was cool. Of course, later on he snapped again. You know, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> What's up, fool? We got our here, dog. Ali Roy, Ali Roy. Ali what's Leroy.
4: up, man? What up, brother? Ali Leroy. I, yeah, I like how you just like it's like one syllable. My whole <laughs> name. It's four syllables in my name, but you turned it into like Cause, one.
1: Because the whole time, the whole week, I was hearing your name. I was hearing
4: the Beastie Sling. Boy song. What's up, here? fool? The, the best movie slap. I was, the Corleone slap was good. The best movie slap is in uh, internal affairs with Richard Gere oh, yeah. and Andy Garcia. Oh, yeah. All right, So there's a scene. So, so, uh, Richard Gere is a dirty cop, right? Andy Garcia is trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, right? Andy Garcia's got this beautiful wife, Nancy. Something is her name. 80s chick, curly, curly hair. Curly yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, uh, 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 Richard Gere has convinced Andy Garcia that he fucked her. Yeah. Right. And so, and so then Andy goes and talks to it. He's down on his knee, right? He's in a restaurant. All right, he got her panties. <laughs> Richard Gere gave Andy Garcia her panties. Ah. I, I forget where he got them from. So he sat down in the restaurant, he goes, I need you to answer a question for me. <laughs> Did you see this dude? She's like, I don't want to answer no question. I need you to answer this question for me. Just tell me where you went to. Don't you know, get in my business. Were you following me? I need you to answer this question. You know how the calmer a guy gets, the harder the fuck you gonna get hit? Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's calming it down. He goes, one more time. I need you to tell me. If you were witness dude today, I didn't tell you, what, whack <laughs> across the table. All she she's knocked the fuck across the table. She's laying down on the floor. Ah! Ah, ah, they pull it, you motherfucker! You motherfucker! i tell you, motherfucker! It's like, this is the best slap in movie history. Way better than the Corleone slap. And Garcia was in a, a Godfather Part 3. He did not slap anybody, though. It
1: was a good <laughs> slap, bro. It was a good slap, bro. Because, man, Richard Gere was a, in that movie. It's called Internal Affairs. He's a fucking dirty ass cop, bro. He's sleeping with all his baby mamas. Everybody. And he's sleeping with everybody. Then it's, it's this fucked up scene, bro. Like, that's for, like as, as a man. You start questioning, man. Every person you, you're around, you like that. your woman. Like <laughs> you're watching Richard Gere just easily fuck these guys' late wives, and then you, you're there on the date. You're looking at your wife, and what is this evil bitch up to right now? So there's, there's a scene where Richard Gere's gonna make us uh, a, a deal with a dirty politician guy, right? And his wife is sitting next to him, and this fool puts his hand under the table and his finger banging his wife the whole time they're talking.
4: God damn! Yeah, he's, man, he's not a good guy. <laughs>
1: And then he takes his finger off like this, and then he shakes that guy's hand.
2: Damn! Dude. And
1: then, spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> he catches them both, and he's having sex with her, and he's having he's fucking her the ass, bro. And this fool, like he's such, he wants to de- make the deal so bad, he just kills her, not him.
4: There's a lot of ass fucking and references to ass fucking in the movie.
2: Damn, it's eternal. Huh? It's <laughs> Richard, hardcore, Richard bro.
4: Bill. Just, uh, you know, if you want to go see something this weekend at your house. I'm going to check that shit out. Internal affairs.
1: So what's up, man? Can we just have kidney problems? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) you're helping them apply to Obamacare?
2: (laughs) I should have said that shit. But it's like, I may die soon. (laughs) I'm like, God, I hope you don't die right now.
4: There, yeah, what are we man. talking about, man? What are we doing here? We were talking about, There was a lot of violence. You were driving up on the curb. You were getting choked. I was telling this comedian, <laughs> man,
1: that um, he was on a line one time. They to, you, you You see beefs, right? Yeah. You know, they get settled. I think it was settled. It was settled that night when he tried to choke me on the way home. <laughs> yeah, I was driving this guy's car, and then he got pissed off over something that happened at 3 in the afternoon. It should have been settled at 3. Choking is even more personal than stabbing
4: yeah like stabbing like you got a weapon and you think this motherfucker needs to die i will stab him choking is like i don't even have a weapon but this motherfucker still needs to die <laughs> <laughs> I, what do i have i'm gonna just try to squeeze the life out of your body i would i don't, can't even waste the time to go get a weapon fuck that you need to die right now i'm gonna try and kill you that's the most personal form of killing oh, i know especially yeah. when you're
1: looking straight at him you know I never it to me, but you're looking at him. <laughs> it's,
4: it's, it's slightly less offensive if you look away. If you're choking the motherfucker, you're just looking at other shit. <laughs> like that's bad, but you look right at him. It's like, eh. what's the
1: best choke you've ever seen, bro, on a movie?
4: Oh, damn, dude,
1: David Carradine, nah.
2: <laughs> a fucking choke. My was
1: blood. American Me, bro. When he when he, when, he choo- when that um Mexican mafia member has to kill his brother, little
4: puppet, little puppet, bro. American Me also as fucking
1: yeah man and then a horrible plastic knife right
4: it was not pleasant that's crazy man what did you know if if ass fucking could be less pleasant it with a plastic knife
1: that's (laughs) why I never drink with strange men bro (laughs) that guy makes messed up drinking with those strangers in the kitchen bro the girls are gonna be here he's all fucked up already where's the girls (laughs) you're the girl what the fuck
2: (laughs) you're in prison dog that
1: (laughs) was a change of events (laughs) Imagine, what would you do bro If you were the girl
2: Fuck that I'd just be choking The fuck out of motherfuckers What are you gonna do You're gonna die And get fucked in the ass anyway It's How hard go bro
1: Cause like they're holding you They're holding your arms And you try to fight it bro They're busting your ribs open well, bro the whole thing? For your butt to cool open punches up, up You know
4: what's so oh, fucked that. up About American Me When he tried to have Regular sex But it wasn't working Had to flip her over <laughs> He was like shit You'd be <laughs> locked up For so long
2: Fuck He couldn't you know? have
1: sex With her bro He lived with a, a cigarette exchange
4: <laughs> First he flips over Then he's like Put this on <laughs> Gives a blue shirt.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hold on, I need to cut your hair. Okay. Hold on, I can't, say, I
1: can't have sex with you unless I'm watching somebody coming with a compact mirror.
2: Man, get institutionalized, man. Yeah.
1: So what's up, man? We have what's a guest up? here, man. Writer, director, showrunner, producer, Ali Roy. What's, what's up, up? <laughs> Whoa what? hey.
4: oh, Ali. No, no, no. Leela, this is good, though. This is good, though, because, like, he I was take, telling him that when I first met him. He just takes both the L's and just, look, there's too much time. Let's just put those Push together. together. Yeah, Conjunct, really conjunction. Conjunction. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, because this is a funny brother right here. I, I like. To
1: What's it. up, man? This guy, I work with him I'm on the Arsenio Hall Show. Yep.
4: Oh, hell yeah. All huh? the men in the streets. Yeah. So, so here's what it was. So, like, we had to go down, uh, we went down to Sandy Alley, right?
1: Yeah, the, the right. Call, Callejones, the alleys.
4: Right. So, you know, like, i've been doing that sort of bit like i started doing with chris Rock years ago when we was doing with hbo you know so this man on the street shit the thing is if you can't talk to people you're fucked right so i'm like i don't speak spanish i said i don't speak spanish but these are where the fucking people are like sandy alley east la that's that's la's version of harlem Right? Because that's where we used to go when we was with Chris Rock. Like, that's where the real fucking people are. That's where people are who, you know, $10 still fucking matters to them. Hell yeah. You know, that's some people where, you know, a fucked up cell phone bill is still some shit that they really gotta deal with. I forget what the bit is we were even talking about when we got down there, but I really needed him to come down and like be our little intermediary because it's one thing if, you know, we don't wanna make fun of people. You know, this shit can't be about here we come and we're the cool fucking guys with the, you know, Arsenio. We got our little TV show and shit. And then people feel like you're making fun of them. Cause if that's what it is, no, this shit ain't gonna work. So we gotta bring somebody that's like, okay, can you be our intermediary? Can you talk to these motherfuckers for us and at least make them feel like, okay, they at least respect us enough to come down here with somebody that's one of us. So that was my man. He did a great job. Man. Hell yeah. We're
1: asking a bunch of questions, bro. Like, who would you vote for president? <laughs> <laughs> Obama. George Lopez?
4: <laughs> right. Oh that's right. It was the president. Yeah, George Lopez <laughs> Malchete. Right, right. right. Yes. Everybody fucking loved machete. <laughs> that
1: was another one too. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was a stereotyped about Latinos. Like, in purse. Who put you do you carry hot sauce in your purse? And it was a girl with hot sauce in her purse.
4: <laughs> Is that so so that's that's Mexican women and Beyonce?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the hot
1: sauce. We carry, we carry Tapatio in our, in our purse. Tapatio. And what's the <clears> other
4: one? Red <clears> uh, <throat> Rooster. Uh, Red Rooster. No, Louisiana. no, no, no. <clears throat> uh no. Uh, Chalupa. Chol- Cholula. Cholula.
1: Cholula. Cholula. They came around later. No, no, huh? no
4: Not Cholula. 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 In the, in the name of putting all the L's together. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> big, fat, ugly
1: one? Everybody drinks that. That's an one. That El L's. Valentino. El
4: Valentino. All right. All right. El so Val- Tapatio, that's the main one. Yeah, that's a mad popular one out here. Right, right. Were you ever a stand-up yeah, man. I you started actually, off? I did stand-up for like, shit, 15 years out of Chicago. Chicago? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm, I'm born and raised Chicago.
1: So man. you part, were you part of that big comedy boom at that club?
4: All jokes aside? Yeah. I had a lot to do with All Jokes Aside. Tell us about it,
1: man. Well, I, saw, man. I saw the documentary, yeah. man. I heard it was
4: hot. I'm in it. Yeah. You didn't see it.
1: I did see it. You didn't see it. I don't it. remember faces.
4: Oh, I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the main guy. <laughs> Melanie Camacho, Marcia's in there for five minutes.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm in there. We
1: had one Latino at got our club. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Here <at> Juan real.
4: <laughs> nah, it was it was cool, man. It's like it it, it started out as something little, then it got really fucking big. It got hot. You know, I mean, it was really like on a Friday, Saturday night, uh, downtown Chicago, like, you know, it's 8th Street right off of of, of uh, uh Grant Park. Man, I mean, when you're talking about the lines around the block, it's the fucking hottest ticket in town. You know, we had great, great, great acts there. It was just really exciting. Like, it was like some shit was happening. You really felt like you were part of something. But then, you know, Raymond's story just ended up being, you know, he had all the trouble with the city and all that shit. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, Steve Harvey, Bill Bellamy, subject the Entertainer, Melanie Camacho's in there. Uh, the house MC was George Wilborn, so he's on the radio in Chicago now, at least I think he was.
1: George Wilborn had that bit, Um, I'm here to relieve stress.
4: <laughs> right. Uh, George just did a bit in uh, Spike Lee's Chirac. He was in that movie uh, uh, just recently. And my man, it was Bernie Mac, you know. It was on Bernie Mac, bro.
1: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so me, me and Bernie <laughs> were
4: tight from, you know. Uh, we 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 were tight from way back. So uh, when I was doing stand up from about ninety, maybe like ninety to about ninety six, I was on the road with Bernie Mac. Before that, I was I did uh, sketch shit. I was out in L A. You know, just uh, out on the road. At all you know, just Mary Wong comedy. Yeah, the right? yeah, Mary Wong comedy team. Right, with Lance Crowder. Yeah, yeah. And man. that's before the stand up. Oh yeah, and that's that's that was uh, that out was of high first. School? That was out of high school. We started that in about nineteen eighty. So we toured as uh, different variations of a group because you have a group and you can't keep groups together. Right? So we had a, a five-man version of it. We had a four-man version, a three-man version. We had four different three-man versions of Mary Wall. So it could be replaceable when somebody couldn't make it? <laughs> no, there was a fight. Oh, okay. <laughs> so at different points in time. Who did it? Different guys. So uh, at the time, it was uh, uh, myself. Uh, Lance Crowder was really like the heart and soul of the group. He's
1: putting tag, right? Hell yeah. Yes.
4: He had a bit. I saw him one time. Hit a bit about out. Uh, it
1: was funny, dude. I only seen him one time at this open mic, Natural Fudge. I right. saw him, he said, Oh, what the fuck is the joke? He goes, Oh man, I keep getting my ass kicked at school all, all the time. Right, right. And my dad said, Well motherfucker, if you get cring- if you fucking get your ass kicked one more time, you have to fight me. So man, the next day, man, I'll beat the shit on my dad. He,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said, Motherfucker, right. I told your
4: ass! I told your ass. Yeah. First the time fucking he did hilarious that dog. dog.
3: <laughs> he did that
4: bit on TV as a stand-up. Uh Comic Justice, you remember? Comic yeah. Justice? I love yeah. that show. AJ yeah. Jamal, yeah. Jamal. AJ huh? Jamal. AJ Luke Jamal first show. and then uh uh because it was uh, whatchamacallits uh manager. Sinbad was the producer and Mark Atkins was a producer also. Yeah, AJ Jamal was the fucking host of comic. Dude justice.
1: does this comedian we call the devil that was on that show? <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> god, people <laughs> you guys could I think it's um what's Jeff Garcia, <laughs> he did the show. You got to get to see him. He's probably the youngest comic on that show, he probably 17 or 18. Dude, he's dressed like Andrew Dice Mexican.
2: Right. in a the leather jacket. He has a face. leather jacket
1: on. A pump. A pump. Like He looks like Chachis, bro. He looks like right. Scott Bales <laughs> yeah. if he was dying of Swingy. AIDS, you know? I, I mean, he was wearing a leather jacket, bro. Hey, Doc. And he, and he went big, right? <laughs> hmm? Yeah, big old fucking, um, Harley Davidson boots, bro. No motorcycle. Yeah. Or we, maybe he was dressed like N.W.A. No, he was dressed like I- E.Z.E. and N.W.A. With the prison coat and the fucking boots, bro. All poser
4: style. Man, yeah, shit. That was back in the day, man. You a producer of the show? Uh, on, on that one? No, 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 no. We did, uh, uh, when we were on Comic Justice, we wrote sketches and shit like that for the show. Uh, and we performed in sketches. And then at some point, uh, uh, Lance did stand up on the show. I may have, but I actually don't remember do, whether I did stand up on the no, show. No, Comedy right. Central, right? Uh, it may have been the early Comedy Central or late Comedy Channel.
0: A lot oh, of fucking yeah. people
4: don't remember the Comedy Channel. I don't. I rented that thing on, DV- on uh, VHS. Yeah, because Comedy Channel, because it was two Comedy Channels, it was Ha and the Comedy Channel, and they became Comedy Central. That's like, yo, know, you, you you don't remember No, nah, I don't. Yeah, dude, it was two comedy channels, Ha huh? and, the, and the comedy channel, and they became Comedy Central. Comedy channel, Northern Canada, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Yeah, but I go back.
1: I go back. <laughs> I go back. I started, my first TV credit was in 1996. Oh,
4: fuck you, man. You, what was you on in 1996?
1: I was on Jeff Valdez Latino Comedy Festival on Showtime.
4: Look at you. Yeah, we were on. Uh, with we were Paul just Rodriguez is hosting. Up, we were just starting up with uh, Chris's show in uh, New York. At the uh, the HBO show, we we did the pilot for that in late '95, I think. It was it late '95 or '96? It's hard to fucking remember now. And then we actually went on the air with the series proper, and uh, I think it was the like the spring or something
2: '97.
4: Something like I used that. to watch the Chris Rock show.
2: And was that already in the works after he did Bring the Pain?
4: Uh, it, it it went into the works after he did Bring the Pain. That's when they started putting that deal together to uh you know that's the way I, that's the way I understand it but yeah bring the pain was first were you with chris
1: rock when he was um, doing his routine bring the pain the...
4: um when he was working on the material that would uh that would become bring the pain chris was actually my manager for you, Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris, was the, Chris Rock was the manager of Mary Wong for like a year Oh <laughs> You guys opened that, that tour, right? Or those was shows? there a yeah.
1: female community to hang out with you guys? Light-skinned lady, very oh, funny You talking about Robin, Robin Montague? Robin Montague, yeah, I yeah. used to see her in LA a lot when I first started Yeah, Lance and Robin were married Really? I didn't know that
4: Yeah, they, they didn't want you to know
1: She was funny, man, because she <laughs> was like, um, you know, she had her own style, yeah. you know Very like, she could play the best crackhead Right, right <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the best, like, you know, ex, ex-lady yeah. Yeah, that, she had that her own
4: character. What that, happened? She's still around? Oh, yeah, she's out in New York. She's yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, that version of the group was uh, myself, Lane, Lane right? Montague. Yeah, we were out here, and a guy named Tim Miller, who's back in Chicago now. Yeah, so it was all that's what I'm saying, all kinds of different permutations. And uh, yeah, we were working with Chris then. Because I met Chris uh, in '85 when he was like doing fucking late sets at, uh, you know, What's the not stand up New, New York? No, not stand up New York. What's the uh, Carolines? Yeah, Gotham's. Yeah, and uh, we we used to do fucking uh, uh, Dangerfields. We were over there. Uh, uh, what was uh, 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 Lucian's club? Uh, not the cellar. The stand up stand up New York. No, East I can't fucking remember the names of the club now. It was Catch. We used to do Catch. Talking about Lucian, the guy who passed away. Lucian Hole. Yeah, yeah it
1: was um skinny
4: guy. Yeah, yeah, the I mean, beard. I can't. I, th- I think
1: stand up the New York. That's how, no, no 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 that's uh Stand Up Live? No Comedy no. Stop <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I met him one time. Just and name all. Why the fuck it's the most it's the strip. The, the comedy, yeah, Oklahoma, like, comedy strip. strip? Yeah, The New York Comedy Strip. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like why can't I remember idiot? It's just been so they long They have a
1: dark alley when you go into the the back of the stage there.
4: I haven't been I haven't been in a club performing in twenty years. Yeah damn yeah well because when i when i came my the the last round of stand-up that i was doing i was on the road with bernie so we were in theaters for six years right so the last time i did stand up in a <coughs> club on a regular basis was like 89 or 90 then it was like six years of touring theaters and you know venues like that with, with bernie and then after that i came out of that and went into chris's uh, hbo show so you know a lot of cats when they go stand you did stand up yes yeah, like it's fucking 20 years ago i they all know me from writing now, so I, I just transitioned,
1: man go I remember a sketch on Chris Rod that was hilarious, man I still was um they are talking to the guy from Puditang. right he, he's in a little monitor, right, and they were talking about violence in sports, and he's like he's, he's like I, I think he's locked up in prison, right He asked him man, so um uh, you're saying that uh sports affected you and you're in prison right now, <laughs> yeah. When I say motherfucker turn a hockey game off, I mean it. <laughs> so, so what happened? Well, why? What happened was why I'm here. <laughs> Did it turn
4: the motherfucking hockey game off? Oh man, we had we had some fun shit on that show. That was, that was a fun show, man. You know, we had and we had some good people on that too. Yeah, because it was myself, it was Lance, of course, and Wanda Sykes was on that show louis ck was there it was uh, uh jeff stilson he went on to produce like ali g and and uh, uh uh the osborne shit like that so it was a pretty solid group of people man you know i mean it's i'm all you know it's one of those things if you look back you almost can't believe i was in a room with all these motherfuckers on a weekly basis like yeah man it's kind of fucking fly it's really cool man hell yeah dude so um you were you there at that dev
1: Jam, um Taping where everybody getting booed off, and Bernie Mac was the only one that killed.
4: No, he. I heard about that. Have you heard the story though? No, I want to know. <laughs> All right, I know it was, it, it was in L.A., right? So no, that was in New York. Oh, okay. So I, it, Hornby, I really right? thought it was L.A. No, no, that was in that was in New York, and 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 basically the story is it was just one of those nights because you know. There's nothing that a fucking New York crowd loves doing more than booing you to fuck off the stage, right? They're like, yeah. this is gonna be fantastic. We're gonna go crush some people's careers tonight, <laughs> right they, they love that shit, no shot <laughs> between between the Apollo and that that whole, you know, I mean, it's like, even at the Apollo, they they created to the boo you off aesthetic. You know, it's like their whole shit is a, we came here to boo motherfuckers, right? Like, you got to be so amazing for us to fucking let you slide, you know, or, or you got to talk about God or children. That's the only fucking thing that doesn't get booed. God and kids. They will not boo. But everything else, you know, you get booed. So then when they got the Def jam, it's like, well, take that and fucking multiply that times 10. It's like boo and fuck you. They can add that to it. So it was one of those nights and Bernie said that, uh, you know, a couple of people were doing OK. Martin Lawrence was the host. Right. And he said that on that night, the guy that went out, I forget the comedian, the guy that went out in front of him. They fucking ripped him to shreds, went out, did his shit. They booed the whole fucking thing. Right. And then Martin brings out Bernie. When Bernie comes out and he's saying, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. That's not a joke. He's telling the truth. Because he saw what just happened. So when he comes out, he does his joke. And I, you don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. It's like, that's a very real thing. Because for him, He's a guy going, I came here from the south side of Chicago. This is my fucking lifeblood. I'm here to fucking get my life going. I'm here to get my career going. And the last thing I'm going to let you happen is for you motherfuckers to boo me off the stage. They'd never seen that before. Nobody ever called a New York audience on their shit and basically said, fuck you. I'm doing my act. That's what he did. That's why they fucking loved it. He stood up to him and he was funny. That Move was the other part. You can't ju- you can't stand up and then fucking, you know, and then girl fight. <laughs> <laughs> he had to come with the Andy Garcia slap on the ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, man.
1: I ain't scared of you, man. I got my face on my pants.
4: <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. How long was Bernie doing stand-up at that time? At that time, so that was fucking early. That was that was mid it? Was 94? Yeah. He had probably been doing stand-up in the 10 to 12-year range at that point. Yeah, because Bernie, man, Bernie used to work around Chicago, and he never got in, like, the main rooms, right? So uh, there was a club called The Funny Firm that uh, didn't book him. (laughs) There was uh, Zanies that did not book him. Uh, At a different point, Catch a Rising Star came in. They didn't book him. Out in the suburbs, there was a club called Who's On First. They didn't book him. Uh, There was one club called The Comedy Cottage that was out by the airport, and that's where I met him originally. Uh, he came out and and did a set out there and like you know they would give him a little love so he would you know get a few bookings out there. But Bernie fucking made his own way, right? So he would do that. Uh, then he would go around town and he would find like a, a a nightclub or a jazz club or some shit like that that had an off night. He's like, give me Tuesday night, and then he would put on his own show and he would host it. So then he would call four or five guys that you know that he knew that he liked. He would be the MC. And then those guys would come in and do their bit. And then that would be the show. So that's really how Bernie made his name around town. And he found a home at a place called the uh, Cotton Club, uh, which was on 22nd and Michigan on the south side. Like, that was really the club where it really took hold for him. They had a band and some other shit. And Bernie's show started at midnight, Right. So they had their regular show, whatever the regular shit is. They did. Then at midnight, after all that was over, that's when Bernie's show would start. And it really became like the like fucking hottest ticket on the south side. The land on the block. Yep. Yeah, man, that shit would be packed at fucking one o'clock in the morning. And the thing about it was it was a long it was a long, narrow club and the stage was right by the front door. Literally, like, you open up the front door and then wind, and you're on stage feeling that shit. And Coming it's like, to the stage. Yeah, and you don't want to come <laughs> in once Chicago the show man. starts. You don't want to fucking walk in on the Bernie Mac show. Get now, Ber- No, man, you don't fucking. like, that's five minutes right there of you fucking walking in. <laughs> yeah, so he, he really kind of made his bones there. And then later, all jokes aside, came and some other shit. So it was it was an exciting time, man.
1: I like, I, like, I like that he said that... um. Like, when a lot of rooms don't want you, you got to create something for yourself. Like, a lot of, I was, I didn't try to get into the Laugh Factory, you know, because I keep performing on Mondays only. So, that when I had that room in Montabello, I was like, you know, when you're like a star, like, when you have your own room and it's hot.
4: Yeah, man, you got to And it, people shit. start making, taking notice. Well, because it's like, it's almost like you're doing this act and... They don't even know whether it's it's like that fucking comedy snob shit. I hate that. Yeah. You know, and that's what they had with Bernie. That's what they have. A lot of guys like however your act works. Yeah. They you know, they had that fucking improv brick wall piano on the side. Like that was what comedy was in their mind. Fucking guys standing at the mic, doing a set-up punchline, set-up line. Set up punch Wearing
1: line. a little coat. with
4: Yeah, a fucking little jacket, skinny towel, all that shit. And and a couple of those guys were good, but yeah. a lot of those motherfuckers was just like, cookie cutter, this is the way the act looks. Then you come in with some flavor, with some fucking style. You're not fucking Faces. following the rules. Faces. You're loud. Not so loud. You got a fucking <laughs> accent, whatever the fuck. And they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm not sure if that's so funny. I
1: don't know if we could market that. You should have to letter on the block
4: It's market itself No that's what I'm saying they, only, yeah. they, they won't even They won't even put you on So To see what it looks like To see if it works To see if you can fucking Take your act and it's like What the fuck you think I've been doing Just in a basement speaking Spanish By my fucking self For the last <laughs> fucking <of> 10 years <laughs> I learned how to do this In a <clears throat> comedy club I know you know, and so that that's the shit, man. That's how, you know, that's how you fucking end up at Oscars so white. It's a group of motherfuckers that are going, I don't even want to give you a shot. I'm just going to say that your shit won't work and fuck you like you're not a professional <laughs> comedian and, and go you go someplace else with that shit. It's a mad breakdown right yeah, there. So, yeah, so hey, right, man.
1: I'm just like, we had a room right in Montalbado and it was always packed. And it was like the same comedians there, Willie Barsena, Gabriel Iglesias, and right. me. And sometimes it would just be me because those guys were more successful. Right. So it was me every Wednesday booking black comics, Asian comics, every comic. And let me tell you, every comic there had a hard time. But me. (laughs) Right. But they knew me there. Right. And, um, and every comedian, only the good ones, the greats, were admitted, you know, that I'm having a hard time up here. What did Corey
2: Holcomb say, bro? It was a very humbling experience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Corey's fucking
4: funny He's Hell funny.
1: yeah dog like, Corey's funny as shit <laughs> Like I, I could tell That the comedians That um, started off Really small in there And Like show Was another one show. And um, <laughs> Daryl Heath That's
3: Yeah good.
1: The only time That Daryl Heath Showed up Was Alex Thomas Alex Thomas went up Put on that black glove right. Killed <laughs> But um, that,
4: That's the superpowers Yeah I know man. it's funny right you got that <laughs> He had that bit about Alex <laughs>
1: Thomas had that bit about How man If I'm paying you Five million dollars Five million dollars a game Shit You better start fucking Sawing benches You, know? <laughs> you better start Sawing benches Motherfucker There better not be A fucking loose A loose seat In the whole arena Motherfucker You know You gotta do You gotta If fucking somebody gets thirsty You better get water for them You're making five million dollars a game So he was killing With that shit right and then Daryl Heath went up there. Remember, he had that bit about um, about black be- black Spider Man. He Had a bit about Black Spider Man. Had a bit about um, about Men in Black.
2: I remember that that one. What bit long him. bits? Right,
1: right, right. Well, he was doing his bits, right? And he was slowly getting the audience. He was doing that bit about when he puts his jacket back in, and he does white gangs, you know, calling Yeah, them and other the gangs, old school
2: right? gangs, vultures
1: and the penguins. <laughs> this is this is how black people call their gang this is how Mexicans call their neighborhood <laughs> it goes whistling like a Mexican right. and they started doing the black guys calling his, the hood this is white guys pull up man white people man when they're in gangs they have no shame man they write the name of the gang on the car <laughs> he goes Vultures can't you read the sign so he started he started like building the crowd getting the crowd going but then he started bombing again Daryl he said man <laughs> right about now where a comedian starts thinking about his career whether he's gonna just start bombing or start hacking,
2: <laughs> well, right, 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 right. <laughs> hacking to survive. Right. He
1: goes but see the kind of place where you start hacking, motherfucker, recognize the joke. <laughs>
3: and hey he, man. He, he,
1: and then he said, "Oh man, that's Eddie Murphy's joke." And then Daryl he said, "That's not Eddie Murphy." Eddie Murphy says, "What what am I doing? What do? What do Mama say? I say, how how my Mama say." <laughs> So he did this, this bit about getting caught stealing on stage, bro. Right. With an audience member. A bit about getting caught as a, being called a hack by an audience member. That's fucked that up. That was his bit, and that shit killed him. Got the audience back.
4: Damn. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, you know, audiences yeah, can no. always. You gotta keep your funny going. But How? But, but the but the truth, man, you know, like people do respect. Honest, because Daryl He was honest. They did like the the truth can help you, but it's kinda like. You can't, you can't be sweating. You still got to get to something. You know, at some point, you got to fucking get a laugh. You can't be up there like, you know, just please don't be mad at me because I'm not funny.
1: <laughs> man, for being away for 20 years, man, you know a lot. You know the heat, man. You, you, feel, you know the pain. I,
4: I got my stripes, goddamn. I have done like, the, the bits in the fucking horrible-ass places. Uh, like, uh, on the southeast side of Chicago, it's a largely Latino neighborhood. My, did, the, my, my wife came, went out with me one time. I did a fucking Mexican block party. Like, and it was just one of those things, like, I mean, it, it ended up going well, but it's one of those things where she, we drive up together, she's looking at me like, you are not really fucking about to go do this. You, you're fucking battling roasted corn right now. It's you, <laughs> <laughs> like, that, like, that's what you're fucking up against. They got a fucking pinata over there, it's born, you know, it's fucking a guy, it's fucking guitars and shit. And you got to go make these motherfuckers laugh. And, and it's like, fuck your act. That's you know f- funny is this thing where sometimes you just got to tap into that shit, and some of those gigs are. This is not about my fucking polish. This is not about I worked on these bits. Sometimes that shit is, motherfucker. Tap into the fucking thing that makes you want to do this. Look around you, connect with these fucking people, and get some goddamn laughs. I fucking worked in prisons and fucking stood on top of tables in lunchrooms and colleges. <laughs> (laughs) And sometimes that shit is just, hey, man, I know you wrote an act. That's fantastic. They don't give a fuck about your act. They didn't see. No, they did not see the news last week. They didn't see. (laughs) (laughs) No, motherfucker. Ah, Relatable. They have not flown in coast on the plane. No, they did not see the fucking peanuts. They they didn't do none of that shit. (laughs) You haven't been at the grocery store? No, motherfucker. We have not been at the grocery store. (laughs) That did not happen to us. Motherfucker, what talk about how, to tell? just you motherfucker. Hey dude. <laughs> Man, that God shit damn. right there. Like you gotta fucking you know, it's like that's when your skill as a as a comedian, the shit that you use to to structure your jokes, the the perspective that you use to deliver the shit, those things are real, those things are constant. It's just what do you inform it with, right? So you can go into a fucking room and it's like, hey, fuck this bit, I'm funny. Right. It ain't that I wrote that shit. I can come up with something here right now. Cause that's what it is anyway. You know, you fucking read you know, newspaper or some shit like that. You look at something and pop, 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 you got a fucking joke in your head. It happens. It happens fast. But when you're in that setting, you just gotta put that shit in the hyperdrive. Right? You're you're setting up one joke while you're you're saying one thing, talking to somebody, and you're scanning the room fucking looking for your next joke. Right away. Right. That's the fucking level that you're working at. <laughs> people, it's that tough, just, man. You're thinking you're, you're, like, you're, you're
1: three jokes ahead already, bro. Fucking stumbling.
4: No, it's just it's, <laughs> it's like you know it's like Hang a fucking on. point guard's coming up the you know coming up the fucking court, and you're like, fuck, how did he see that guy through three people running to the fucking hoop and jumped, and then I knew to do this. Despair. It's like motherfucker, I see the floor, right? Y'all think I'm just y'all looking at me? I'm looking at everybody, right? And that's fucking comedy, man. When you operate at that highest level, you got to read the whole fucking room. You got to clock who's sitting where. Oh, I'm going to say this, motherfucker. I just saw your ass come in with that orange jacket on, but I don't need that yet.
1: <laughs> I don't so need save that it. shit. it yes,
4: ain't time for orange jacket, because you fucked with the wrong person at the wrong <laughs> time. You, yeah, used to, you used to the, the whole show. Hell yeah. And because dude. of my orange jacket. Yes. Yeah, so all that shit, man, yeah, when you walk into unfamiliar territory, unfamiliar room, you gotta fucking know who you are, you gotta know where you are, you gotta know what the fuck you do and how you do it. That's how you, that's where the funny comes from, man.
1: Yeah, man, like sometimes, man, I don't know how, sometimes, I'm, I am remember I woke show up to comedy shows, and I don't know how the fuck I was funny after the J. finished telling me, guys, we are gonna <laughs> have a show. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> ever been to those shows? Yeah, man. We are gonna have a show. Thirty people now. Yep. And you gotta be funny because the audience doesn't know that you just been told that. Oh, yeah. Like when don't you know. showed up on Atlanta, bro, the first night, you know, sometimes, man, like it's, it's thirty people. You know, like you you rocked it, but you 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 can't really say I rocked it because you took some fucking
4: powerful punches up there. Yeah, money. <laughs> you know, and that, that's the the fucked up thing is small crowd in a big room. That's the worst shit, right? cause they like they came and and like they're looking around going oh shit we're the only people that showed up for this it's just really gonna be fucked up then when you walk out you know you got a choice to make do I treat the 30 people that did show up like they came to something fucked up (laughs) Or do I treat it like it's five hundred people here and, and not acknowledge that it's only thirty? How do I deal with the fact that it's only fucking thirty people in here? There's six hundred seats, and and we got an hour to go. <laughs> How do you fucking deal with that? But they'll they'll stick with you, man. They will fucking stick with you if you if you get real with it. If you respect them and you perform, you fucking come out to entertain and you do your shit like it matters to you and like it matters to them and they'd be like yeah it was only fucking 30 people in there but we had a fucking good time I respect him right if you can walk the fuck out of the door with that eh, you know maybe you get your crowd next time right
1: man let me tell you man it was like 30 30 people in the audience and if you still t- tell those 30 people you got merch you got balls
2: <laughs> <laughs> From- I'm going to fly these DVDs real quick. Before I
1: see Darren Carter, bro. Set up the whole table. I'm going to be out back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I got my shirt. I, I got my o- buttons. Don't open that, that
2: door. That wind will hit you. The man that
1: manager is fucking mad-dogging you, bro, because you fucking put the table out after I told you not to. Table too- out. I'll be out. I'll be out in the lobby. I'll be signing.
2: <laughs> I'll be signing.
1: Hey. <laughs> and we're still trying to get late tonight, too, people.
2: Hey. <laughs> I, I know it's
1: monday but i'm gonna go home with one of you guys but they showed up man you get you know that's funny they say that. a lot of comedians don't do that like respect it like you did right now like treat the crowd like it's 150 people or treat them like they just been had
4: something make a fucking choice and go with it right but don't be up there being indecisive don't yeah being indecisive in comedy will always fuck you In in whatever position in the comedy spectrum you stand, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it's something bad's about to happen,
2: (laughs) goddamn right, dog.
4: What's your worst bombing, bro? Fuck, last night now.
2: My worst bombing was at the Bicycle Club Casino with Keith Morris, dog. (laughs) I went up there. Keith Morris. That shit was the forty-five
1: minutes in between sets. That shit
2: was so bad, I was up there shivering, dog. (laughs) This fool gets me off stage. I'm all fuck that, dog. Let me do another joke. He's like, okay, man, you a warrior. Hang on, people.
0: He's going to do one more joke, all right?
2: He's going to get you all back. You a warrior. I went back over there. Those motherfuckers said, hell no. Ah,
4: shit. Yeah. Hell to the no. Yeah, dog. Were they singing it, though? <laughs> that's hell, the worst. Dude. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> He's and a and warrior.
2: I, I mean, I I bombed a grip, dude. But, I mean, that's like the one that's like, god damn, dog. Then you I, I started for, shooting, bro. Oh, you got to drive home for an hour, dog. And then you get that one going over on your set. From the co- uh, that comic will tell you, man, do not stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Fuck. You got hard, man. You got hard. <laughs> you got some gas and a match, motherfucker. <laughs> You're a warrior. That's fucked up.
2: It's been a war ever since. <laughs> no, it's all good though shit.
1: You're an unknown soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do one more. Yeah, oh, they weren't okay. having it, though. Wait, man, they want to hear my De La Hoya impersonation.
4: <laughs> they weren't having up. it, though.
2: But way. again, I went up there, you know, indecisive. You can't do that. You can't you can't Hell be indecisive no. man. Cause they know, they sense that shit. They'll feel that fear on you.
4: Man, comedy is like it's the closest thing to boxing. It's the fucking closest thing to boxing, man. You gotta go out there, you gotta fucking score hits and and, and the and the last punch don't mean shit. They like they're fucking, they'll turn on you any second. You know, even when they fucking like you, they'll turn on you. Right? It's the it's the only fucking art form where there's this this real, ever present fucking, you're engaged the whole time. The worst thing is not even being booed. The worst thing is being ignored. You know when motherfuckers just clock out and start talking to each other? Like, we don't even respect you enough to boo you off the stage. We know that if we just ignore you, you'll leave eventually. <laughs> so we just gonna talk to each other right now until some other shit happens. That's the, I, like, I hate that. Boo me off, please. <laughs> Motherfucker, if I suck that bad, boo me the fuck <laughs> off stage. Please don't make me just stand up here for the next 35 minutes and continue talking while you all do something else. Because I'm contractually obliged to continue to fucking talking. <laughs> I can't just stand up here and just not talk. You know, club owner got to watch me bomb. I got to keep telling jokes, even if the whole fucking audience starts eating chicken wings, smoking cigarettes, going out, checking their phone, whatever the fuck they're doing. I got to do 25 and I'm at 20 and y'all just stopped paying attention right? Who's going to have mercy? Is the MC going to come out? And I don't know. What well, a headliner don't want to do? 55. He only wants to do 45. Motherfucker, you got to stay your ass out there and keep talking. That's the worst. You boot me off, I can go. I'll feel bad, but at least it's over. Now, nah, fuck that, man. Ignored? Ignored is the worst shit. They start talking, Hell <laughs> yeah, then there's no <laughs> communication like, <"Cling, laughs> whatsoever. Clink, 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 <laughs> 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 clink. Clink, clink, clink. Crickets. I don't, I don't, I don't, 20
1: minutes turns clink, into an hour.
4: Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> <laughs> Plink,
1: Clink,
4: clink, clink, clink Nothing
1: hit. <laughs> <laughs> that usually happens at a college gig
4: Oh, f- fuck colleges
1: man! You do
4: colleges still? Not
1: anymore, unless they book me, yeah, but not anymore but, I, mean, I don't you, quads you, But
4: you gotta go in now like you yeah. Play, because there's a point where you go in and you're doing fucking the fucking Danaka and all that shit, and they like, "Oh, he was, he was Spanish. It's great, <laughs> right? We live in Iowa. We never seen a Spanish person before." This he was so funny. He did voices and shit. Then you get out there and and I don't know, man. They got you. They give you a fucked up hotel. You're in know, some kind of fucked up event space. Sometimes it's a lunch room, and they build some jackass stage that they fucking you know push two or four or five tables together. Student you know, union. they got the house PA system, the old ass 1960s. Sure, speakers and shit is attached to the wall over there. Got that fucking skinny ass silver microphone, the one with the little bitty head, yeah. right? All that <laughs> shit, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything is bad. They saw you presented in the best circumstance you could be in, and then they present you in this bullshit. It's like just every fucking thing is wrong. And then so college, stupid ass college kids, man. They just did the worse.
1: You're performing on stage, bro, but they didn't tell you that there's some um, Coke machines behind you. There'll be people behind you standing
4: in line to buy coke. <laughs> 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 clink, clink. Because they just want a fucking Coke. They didn't even know it was a show. <laughs> just, they put you in the room with the Coke machine and shit. They're, it's a line of people at the and, Coke machine and, and, and did not come to see you. And you're on stage performing,
1: <laughs> and you're thinking that you're bombing because people are walking and leaving and shit. Oh, fuck, you didn't like me? I'm a class,
4: motherfucker. I got to go. You all cool. all right. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes if if you if you get a poorly promoted college show, most of them kids really don't give a fuck. Like it was just like they were in a building and some shit started happening. At least people at the club left their house and came here expecting to see a show then you could pay off or not pay off a lot of college kids they was just they was in the fucking you know the rec hall and shit and then some motherfucker got up on a table and started talking who the fuck's that guy (laughs) you you didn't see the sign on the we did a little there's a sticker on the door that says show tonight sticker (laughs) I know No poster at all. Some fucking a, sticker up here, fucking campaigning <laughs> and shit. They put one the fucking label maker they put shit up on a pole.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, the, my first college gig was for a guy named Killer in Bever in um, in um, Berkeley, and he didn't have a room for us, oh, and we man. drove all the way over there. It was like hundred fifty dollars for the gig, damn. and um, no microphone. It was a little we used a little lapel.
2: God damn! And man. he had no
1: food, nothing. It was a hell gig. And um the, the next year, um Ernie G and um, Gabriel Iglesias did it. And at the end of the night, they were asking the same promoter for a room. He told them, what happened, bro? I, you guys can't get laid or hook up like the last comedians? Man. <laughs> <laughs> they slept in the back of a truck. Somebody said, you could, you could, you could use my truck. <clears throat> so one of the students said, use my truck. And they were in the back of the truck, and they used um pizza boxes for blankets. Man.
4: I, I, got book, I got booked okay. in a gig someplace in Iowa. I got booked in a lot of Iowa gigs by, by this one company, man. This motherfucker sent me to like some kind of Catholic school. So, uh, first of all, <laughs> when, when I get into the show, uh, sitting right down front are two nuns. I mean, nuns in the whole fucking, you know, yes, fucking wings on the head, the whole shit. Mother right? Teresa style. Oh, man. And, and so <clears throat> it's not even about being clean. It's not that I couldn't do a clean act. It's that every fucking body is looking at the nuns waiting to see if they're going to laugh at something. And if they laughed, then the people would laugh. So now I got 50 minutes of trying to fucking make two nuns laugh so that I can fucking make the connect with the rest of the crowd. Because if I don't get them, I don't get nobody. Even if they think I'm funny, they ain't gonna fucking laugh because I'm leaving tomorrow. But they'll still be fucking here with the nuns. Right. So they got that shit. Did the show. It went OK ish. Right. I got out of there alive. Then they had me fucking stand. They didn't have a room. That motherfucker did not get me a motel room. Did not have the decency to get me a fucking $30 motel room. These motherfuckers showed me to my room. One of these students walked you down. It was in the fucking church basement. When I tell you, it was a fucking twin bed. <clears throat> With a little fucking night. These motherfuckers had me in there like the Pope or some shit. It was a twin bed and it was a little nightstand, a little one foot by one foot square top nightstand. That bitch had a bowl on top and a washcloth. <laughs> that motherfucker! I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. You really, I cannot stay in this. I can't stay in this tonight. Nothing in my soul will allow me to stay in this fucking basement tonight in the middle of fucking Iowa on a twin bed with a silver bowl with a washcloth in this motherfucker. <laughs> the first day of the seminary. <laughs> man, like, it, I mean, if, it's, it's, that shit's almost heartbreaking, though, man. You know, because now you got to come out of your pocket for a room and shit. You can call up your agent and curse that motherfucker out, but you're here now. And you know he made the deal. That's the fucked up part. You know he made the deal. There's no way they confused this room with a hotel. There's no fucking way on earth, man. So it's, I'm, man, I'm kind of glad I ain't got to do that shit. No more. Wow, a wash bowl, bro. That, that bitch had a bowl in it, motherfucker. <laughs> cloth in that
2: shit. You gotta wash. I know. The pray. toilet
1: was under the bed. You didn't see it?
2: <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> God damn. Solitude up in that motherfucker. That's old
1: school, bro. You pee on those little bowls you put it under the
2: bed.
4: That motherfucker's like, now come in here and think about that comedy act you did. <laughs> 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 you need to get one with God to consider whether or not you want to c- keep doing this job. <laughs> God. We'll be
1: stoning somebody at four, be there.
4: <laughs> we'll be burning a witch next week. Those are the days, man. Those are the days. So
1: how you, do how'd you go from staying in rooms like that to being a showrunner for big shows?
4: Uh, so what is a showrunner for our listeners can know? What is a showrunner? They don't get it. The showrunner. When you see, you watch a TV show and you see a title at the end of the show, beginning of the show says executive producer. Uh, the showrunner is the person, it's like the director of a movie, right? Yeah. That's what a showrunner is on a television show. You know, you, you oversee all the creative decisions. You got to keep shit on schedule. You hire people. You hire the staff, the other writers. On a, when you're a showrunner, you hire the directors, right? And you just kind of oversee the creative vision of the show. So I was a showrunner and co creator on Everybody Hates Chris. So that's what I did there. You know, did the same thing on Are We There Yet. Uh, I'm working on a show called Survivor's Remorse right now on Stars. Michael Malley is the showrunner on that show. Survivor
1: Remorse, like when somebody, Everyone dies in a plane and one person survives. Yeah, right. Okay. Look,
4: you got you got that idea, yeah. but it's it's kind of based on uh, uh, loosely based on LeBron James's life. You know, like a young young basketball player. You know, gets really successful, and your friends don't. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Kind of what that what uh, what's the name um, the guy from the
1: f- <clears throat> he suffered from that from the seventy sixers. Alan Everson. Alan Everson, yeah. He had um, some of that. Did you see
4: his documentary? No, but he I could tell, cool, man. I already voted. 30 for 30. Yeah, I did see it. So so you go home and watch in, Internal Affairs and then you go watch the. Allen, I, I
1: watched Al- the whole one, bro. Full completely Document. watch. I watched a quarter of it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Who watches the infraction, like I said? <laughs> and, then, and then tomorrow, y'all come in and you try to stab him and you try to choke him. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> keep this shit interesting. So that's what Showrunner is. Showrunner oversees like all of the day to day and creative. Uh, decisions that you know that have to be made on the show, hiring writers and and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've done that job and and I direct and shit. like Because
1: that. when I was um, I was going through meetings with my last manager, and we kept our our stumbling block was well we got to get a showrunner. Got to get showrunner. And then the manager kept saying that. motherfucker, you're a manager, find a showrunner. What are you telling me
4: for?" Look, here, here here's the fucked up thing. Look, sometimes you have an idea that's a that's a great idea. Uh, sometimes you have an idea that's that's a little bit shaky. Um, what they do what the fucked up thing that representatives never want to do is is tell you the truth like you can't fucking handle it. So like if your man said to you, look, uh, your idea is good. It's not great. Or it's a great idea, but these motherfuckers don't know what to do with it. That will not be the first time you ever heard that before. Look, man, I love this fucking idea that you have, but these people don't fucking get it. So unless they need an intermediary, they need some guy to say, I understand his idea. And then they go, well, fuck, we'll do it then. But otherwise, if they if they just fucking love the idea, they'll just buy it and then they'll go find somebody. Because guess what? There's unemployed showrunners all the fuck over the city. They're, they're, I mean, if we fucking go outside and throw a rock, we'll liable to hit a fucking showrunner in the head, right? <laughs> so when they're telling you, you know, this is a great idea, we got to find a showrunner, that's just them basically going, I don't want to tell you that we don't want to do this idea for one reason or another, but I want to tell you that there's this creative stumbling block and we can't get past that. But, yeah, how many shitty shows have you seen on the air? A lot. A lot. You don't have to name them, right? <laughs> a lot of those fucking ideas is because some executives sat in the room and went, we love this. We're going to do this fucking thing, you know, come hell or high water. Call a showrunner. We don't give a fuck who it is. Just We just need a guy sitting in the chair because we intend on doing this show. And then there's other times when, a, you know, you got a showrunner, or some talent, or whatever, they come in with a brilliant idea and they're like, ah, mm, we don't know. So it's uh, Felipe. Who else is in it? Does he have a female lead? I don't know. Do you think they understand his accent? It's just like they got a billion fucking reasons to say no, because a lot of times movies, TV, and I ain't trying to be cynical about it, but a lot of people are in the business of protecting their job. We create shit. We fu- we've had losses, we've had wins. We go out, we get laughed, sometimes we don't. We fucking go at it again. Because we know what we're doing. You go out, you have a fucked up set, you know what to do the next night to fix that shit. Especially if you got a similar, you're in the same house. You know, okay, fuck, I, I did this shit, this set, I'm going to go back out the next set, I'm going to flip these two things around, fucking go out. It works. You know what the fuck you're doing. They don't. You're sitting in the room, there are some creative executives that really do understand what it takes to make a good show or how you support a good show or how you support an artist. Those are few and far between. Most of these motherfuckers came in, they used to work in the mail room or some shit and they worked their way up. And now suddenly they're sitting there telling you what they think is funny. And how you connect to an audience. Or how you don't fucking connect to an audience. And they're basing that shit on Carlos Mencia. Because that was the last motherfucker they saw yeah. that had a fucking Latino name. Yeah. And they go, so Carlos did this. Do you do something like that? Because what he did worked or what he did didn't work. Are you going to do that or are you going to not do that? That's the only fucking reference point they have. right? Otherwise, it's like, that's the hard part of it. You know, Fuck your audience. You know, fuck the thousands of people or the tens of thousands of people that come. I don't know who we're going to sell this show to. I'm not sure who might buy this bitch. You're in California. Right, this shit used to be Mexico before y'all drew the fucking line and moved it <laughs> right you were in fucking Los Angeles. did that mean anything to you right who's gonna watch it who's gonna watch it? I don't know where the people fucking paramount Studios is sur- it's in Mexico Paramount Studios is in Mexico. they think it's Los Angeles, but if you walk outside you're in fucking Mexico yeah, gonna, they- <laughs> who's gonna, who's gonna watch this show? I don't know who the people are are they gonna who's get gonna it in be-
1: Ohio Fish California's bigger than
4: Ohio <laughs> right? <laughs> so I mean so that that's the shit and it's like it's not it's not to be it's not to be discouraged it's just to understand like what you're up against so having the cleanest Fucking hardest hitting, and then they want the shit to be a little Spanish. Uh, yeah, you know they want to make sure that's in there because here's the bottom line when the you're the maracas
2: dealing... and the big titties.
4: No, dude, look. Here, yeah, they... just Tapatillo style like Cristela show. Right, they, they need that. Right, <laughs> look. Yeah, Put some pan dulce. That's authentic. They could give a fuck about you having a regular day, right? And, uh, the show's just gonna be like it's gonna be about me. I got a wife, and you know, and I got a job, and I got a couple of kids, and they're a little wacky. They're like, no, no, no that's our shit. <laughs> we we got regular on lock white people are like normal shit that's what we do yeah we need you motherfuckers to talk about uh, immigration or something yeah that's what we can't fuck with that oh so you black people we need you can you do something black in there right because that's your shit right just being regular and walking around that's our shit just to show about a fucking girl who doesn't like her life right oh that's that's white people shit that's what we do <laughs> it's like, well, you know, that's really, that's everybody's shit. That's, nah. They no, nah, won't get it, they nah, won't get nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. I don't understand your Mexican problems. Or a, <laughs> or, or a
1: white show might go through this. You know, we already have 10 white shows like that. How about <sighs> you're, there's a monkey in the? <laughs> How about the lead is a talking monkey?
4: Can we get a monkey in this? Yeah, it'll really work. Good. If you we'll really- have a show. We'll have Bobcat Goldthwait play a talking dog. <laughs> that would be good. He'll, he'll be a chihuahua. Bobcat Goldthwait will be your talking chihuahua. It'll be great. It'll be fucking fantastic. We're
1: going to have a Mexican show, but the neighbor is La Llorona.
4: <laughs> <laughs> She's a mythical Aztec warrior. So it is. It's tough, man. That's, that, that's the tough part about it. When you're coming from a, a, a different ethnicity, when you're coming from a different life experience, and you got to go and sit in a room with five white women. And explain to them why your life is funny. That
1: was my meeting. I had ABC.
4: Uh huh. Oh, I was five I white women. I know. I was at ABC talking, bro,
1: being charming. <laughs> you know how I was? I picture my, this is how you gotta be, bro, at these meetings. You gotta be as corny and as happy and lovable as Jim Carrey is and Dumb and Dumber when he's having that dream. Remember, he had uh-huh, that, uh-huh. that dream right. that hanging out with that girl, Sarah and Swanson, and she, he's hanging out with her friends, and, he, and Jim Carrey's the life of the party, right. and he's making all stupid faces, and, Bucky, and making <laughs> popcorns, and right? everybody loves him. That's how you got to be, man. Likeable. That's Yeah. You got to be fake.
4: Yep. Just, just a little. You got to sell. Because look, here, here's what happens. So you go into a room with your funny fucking idea. And you're about to tell it To motherfuckers but that, no, it's to me, Ideas Ideas <laughs> but, but see here's what happened They got 10 of these meetings today
1: Oh, I didn't know that right. no, I know, thought it was special
4: Motherfucker no You came in <laughs> And then I, I, I
1: don't know Until so they told me no They went to go tell Gabriel And says yes
4: <laughs> Yeah motherfucker They tried to put somebody Between you and Fluffy So so you, <laughs> didn't, so you didn't see him <laughs> A buffer. They're trying to put Damn, somebody in there. They uh, sent Bill Bellamy in so you wouldn't see Fluffy and shit, right? They did that. <laughs> They're like, we can't have the fucking Spanish motherfucker show up back to back, so let's throw somebody in there, and maybe they'll miss each other in the garage, <laughs> right? So they so they do that, right? So they got 10 meetings today, and literally at the end of the day, you got to think like this. It ain't even about funny anymore. Fuck funny. It ain't even about charismatic. Now this shit is down to what do I remember? (laughs) I've been in 10 fucking meetings today. What do I remember? That's the thing that I'm going to pitch to my executive. That's above me. The last fucking thing I can remember. Just like you getting fucking choked out. <laughs> think of it like that. Think of think of a pitch meeting as all right. You're choking these bitches. You're choking five women. You got them down on the floor. You're choking them. What's the last thing they remember before they passed out? That's what Be they're gonna say. In their eyeballs. That's what they're gonna say when they wake up. He a guy. He's just curly, dark, kind of swarthy. to Spanish. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> that we, let's go with that. Let's go with the Spanish. That's that's all they got, man. And then when they call you back, then you have to explain it again. Because they can, all the shit that you think is funny, they're going to say it all wrong to whoever the next person is they talk to.
1: And they all seen your stand special, by the way.
4: Uh, Yeah, they all saw it. They saw five minutes of it, maybe. Actually, one of them saw it, and then they talked to the other four of them about it right yeah that one woman saw me and she told the five other women and they're like, oh we love your special because they know you've got one because she told them oh your special." we love the podcast so too by the way so, the podcast is great we love it it's fantastic it's <laughs> Rodrigo it's laugh. oh i love it it's so, <laughs> so amazing so anyway tell us about some shit that you were going to try to do we don't give a fuck about anything you've done that's just what got you in the room right Everything you've done just got you in the room. Now let's talk about what you're going to do. And hopefully at the end of the day, we remember what the fuck you said. <laughs> There's one girl, she's writing notes. Right? Yeah. And if they can fucking Not remember, talking. remember one thing that makes them laugh, then that'll get you to the you, up to the next level. And then you get to talk to a person who has a slightly better attention span.
1: That's why they didn't tweet nobody, bro. I don't want to tell nobody I got a show.
4: <laughs> Everybody watching them. they thinking
1: they're going to get a show, huh?
4: Yeah, it's so and it, it is it's it's fucked up, it's tough, but it it's tough. it's it's like fucking terror dome or some shit. What's that Mad Max Thunderdome? It's Thunderdome. like that, man. It it is. You can't you can't be you can't be timid about this shit. You can't be too sensitive about it. You can't be so sensitive that like you think your idea is the best idea in the world and they never heard anything like it. They've heard fifty ideas like it. Today. Hey. And the decision that they're making between you and Carlos and Gabriel, now they're looking at they're checking Twitter and seeing who's got the fucking most followers. Then they do. Then they send somebody in the room and they check the fucking Q rating on your podcast. Then they check and see what your stats are. Do you have ticket sales? And you can be fucking Kevin Hart and be the most famous fucking comedian in the country. And they can still be like, mm, but we really like Anthony Jesselnik. We <laughs> <laughs> really like him. You know, it ain't that that dude ain't funny, but it's like, yeah, but this motherfucker ain't packing a man at twenty five thousand a clip all over the world, right? This motherfucker ain't got the same reach. But yeah, I know, but you know, Ohio. He does. <laughs> he does us- Peoria, Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's tough, man. It's tough. You gotta get to wrap your head around it.
2: And all those years you've been working in TV, from um, you know, comic justice all the way up until now, have you seen it change, devolved a little bit? Now there's like you know, black executives or somebody would like they can understand where you come from from like a pitch like that, or is it still like
4: back in the old? On on the real man on the network side, I know one black executive. I've had experiences. I mean, the amount of black executives I've dealt with in all of the fucking meetings I've been in that actually had any kind of real say so and not just a the motherfucker. They said, Janice, get in here. <laughs> 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 you know, one fucking 24 year old black girl sitting there being quiet and shit because oh. they just told her, come on, come sit in on this she from Barbados. You know, yeah. So it's, it's not it's not a lot. It's not a lot. The pers- so it hasn't really changed. It's not been a sea change, man. It's You know, you got a few more black executives. Then, you know, if you're fucking with BET or TV One or some shit like that, you're going to meet some black people over there. But on the network level, the big five, same one, all, same all. one pretty much more women. You know? and so if somebody is being proactive, like, you know, like the, the CW has expanded, but this shit was uh, girls. You know, they really hit the, the young girl market hard for a minute and, they, and they're still in the girl space, but they've gotten a little more expansive with the demo. You know, so they got the, uh, Jane the Virgin is over there and some other things. And, you know, and then Blackish uh and, and Shonda Rhimes and all that stuff is at ABC. So they start to see it's like, oh, OK, there's some other shit that we can do. But the decision makers is still, you know, you're still walking into a lily white room 99 percent of the time. You know just is, and if they're smart enough to look around and go, "Oh fuck, we're only forty six percent of the country now, you know we're the majority in terms of one singular demo, but in terms of the mass of people the the minorities are actually the majority. you know it's like, yeah, man this is a fucking losing race as, as I always say to my wife, it's like, y'all gonna lose this shit eventually. you know why? y'all came over on boats, these motherfuckers walked over. <laughs> 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 y'all gonna lose man hey these motherfuckers they grow here
2: <laughs> oh, The bunches the forbidden fruit
4: yeah all those acres all of ang- Mexicans. that anglo shit that's imports motherfucker. y'all talking <laughs> about immigration yeah that's your fucking problem that's why you can't them you uh, them yeah motherfucker. y'all drew a line yeah fucking california california was mexico all the way up to san francisco that was all fucking Mexico. They drew a fucking line and said, United States. And then some Mexicans look and said, we where? Where are we? You're in the States now. Oh, fuck. How'd that happen? Uh, we drew a line.
2: Now get out of your house.
4: Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. We want our country back. What the fuck are you talking about? We were here, man. So it's, I don't know. I could go on about that shit all day long.
1: So are you going to write for the Oscars this year? I
4: am not. Uh um you, do know, you wrote for
1: the Oscars for last time, right for Yeah, yeah, with Chris, Chris I Rock. With him
4: last time. Yeah, and 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 he called again and and you know, and I'm <clears throat> I'm always happy to to do something with him when I can, but uh as it turned out this time I'm on another show and just the schedules didn't really work out. You know, I'm 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 a little sad I missed this one. I'm you know, I'm excited for what he's going to do. I think it's going to be pretty cool whatever it is. So you're doing about all that um boycotting Oscars. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I mean like, I got two points of view on it. On, on the one hand, yes. Like, if you, if, you, if, you, if you respect this particular group of people, they should be represented. But what the fucked up part is that why do we have to not come to the party because you motherfuckers are assholes? <laughs> right? Why, like, why is that the answer? You know, like, how come Leo DiCaprio don't go, you know, this is really fucked up what you guys are doing. I'm not coming. What if George Clooney said, I'm not coming? What if Jennifer Lawrence said I'm not coming? Right? Because that's who the fuck they need to see on the front row. If them fucking front seats was with seat fillers and then they brought in, you know, Idris Elba and shit, hey Idris, take my seat. (laughs) Right? If they if they said, Hey, in the event that I do win, that's that was Marlon Brando did the badass fucking all time. Yes. Like that's yeah, do that. Leo DiCaprio, you're a bad motherfucker. Yeah, send fucking Idris Elba up to accept your award. Right? Like, that's how you show people that what is happening is, is fucked up. But sometimes when you just remove the element that makes people uncomfortable, then they just fucking go, this is great. The black people didn't come. Now we don't have to feel bad that we didn't fucking invite them. <laughs> it's fantastic. Right? Yeah,
1: like, um, like if, um, Will Smith we're supposed actually gonna be in the front row. Yeah,
4: he'll man. It'll be five rows back. Yeah, so, so that's the shit. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> It it always takes whenever whenever one group is being disenfranchised or being discriminated against the fucking people that have to make the decision to to be inclusive are the people who got power, you know, ain't gonna be no fucking women's rights unless men want women's rights. That's that's how it fucking happens. There's not going to be any fucking equality in in race unless fucking white people want there to be equality because there's inequality, right? If we could just fucking be equal, this would not be a conversation. We actually need you motherfuckers to cooperate with this shit. And okay. if you decide that you don't want to cooperate, then something's going to go down. There's going to be some choking and some stabbing. There's going to be a fucking problem. <laughs> Or we're going to have to have a real fucking discussion about how you're going to include these people into this conversation. So, yeah, you can't look at the people who don't have the power and expect them to do the shit to make the change. I mean, we can fucking rabble rouse and go out and make a speech. Beyonce can go to the Super Bowl and do a dance and all the rest of that. And that's great. People should be aware. They should know what the fuck is going on. But at the same time, Freedales could just go, man, that shit was on for three minutes. Fuck that. We're going to wait a month. People won't be thinking a fucking thing about it. It will be business as fucking usual. It's disturbing them right now. And then Trump won the fucking New Hampshire primary. So now they're not talking about that no more. Beyonce was the fucking news for a day and a half. Now Trump won and fuck Beyonce. We're done. Right. So that's the fucking news cycle. That's the way shit works. Unless some white people want it to be different. The shit won't change until those people who are in control who like it the way it is die. We can ex- accelerate that with stabbing and choking. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm waiting for that new uh, wave you of abolitionism.
4: Yeah, yeah, you know. Or we can, pr- we can be persuasive with slaps. <laughs> 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 you know, but the reality is, yeah, it's like that, you know, it's anything, man. It's just LGBT rights, all that shit. All that's about motherfuckers being in charge, saying to somebody else, you know what? What's happening here is fucked up and we want it to be different. What can we do to help? Right? It also can't be white people's ideas of how to fix the shit because they're going to come up with the wrong thing. White people will come up with the least painful way of including <laughs> you. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. <ugly? laughs> yeah, right, right. So you guys want to fly from New York to L.A. Do you have to do it on a jet? <laughs> I thought you were going to use your arms. <laughs> Again.
1: What we post, people say that Oh. Do you guys know the power of Latinos' consumers? I mean, they know it, and they're okay with it, man. Still they don't got to
4: change anything. I don't know if they got power. I know they buy shit. I know we buy <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> right? We <laughs> go to the Buying movies every power. weekend. <laughs> they, they know that. Do you know how much shit Latinos spend money on? Yes, we do. What about their power? Nah, I wouldn't call it power, exactly. They're not wielding this power in any... Yeah, that shit don't matter until you... Unless we
1: all get together one day, every Mexican in in the world, in in the United States, one day, don't go to McDonald's and don't buy a Coke. That'll really cause a problem.
4: For that day, but then you got to do it the next day. (laughs) (laughs) day We won't do
1: it, though. We won't do it. You still want that Coke. (laughs) Oh, that that one Mexican, man. Fuck that fool, bro. (laughs) I want my
4: fucking Coca-Cola. It's Spanish, bro, right? Yeah, Yeah, people, they got to be embarrassed. They got, they got to be embarrassed enough. That's like, how, we don't even know if we, we're not doing this because we really want to help you. We just don't want to feel embarrassed. So how can we, what, what changes, what minuscule fucking changes can we do? And they're going to be incremental. They're going to make the tiniest fucking changes they can make until the pain stops. That's what, that's how change fucking happens. Like, it's like, we're going to stick this fucking uh, dick knife into you (laughs) and it's really going to hurt. And then we're just going to like pull it out a little bit until you can, like the pain normalizes and then we'll leave it there. (laughs) That's fucking the change. That's racial politics. It's fucking gender politics. It's like we know that we've been fucking you relentlessly and without regard for your well-being for a millennium. We know that we've been doing that. We'll stop a little bit. We're not going to stop entirely, though. Just enough so that a few people go, well, they slowed down. (laughs) They're not fucking everybody. There's some (laughs) improvements. Yeah. They ain't killing you, right? He's still fucking them, but he's not choking her anymore. He's fucking her, but he's now nah, he's not choking her. So that's better.
2: He's giving you a Band-Aid after. <laughs>
4: yeah, so that's the fucking, you know, that's, that's kind of where it is. It's going to be the tiniest little fucking incremental changes they can make. And then at some point, you know, yeah, they get old and they die, or somebody fucking comes up and hits them on the head, and there's a fucking coup or some shit <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> a coup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, change usually occurs with death. Some motherfucker it has to die, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, what's that guy, Castro? He's gonna die. Fidel Castro. He's gonna die, and then they'll be like, all right, he's dead. We don't have to fucking pretend whatever that shit is. He's still alive. Somebody's gotta go to fucking in there and go, no, we're still not talking to him. All right, I was just making sure. He probably already died, out huh? I don't know, maybe.
2: Look at that fool propped up right there. I
1: know. Weekend at Carlos. <laughs> Weekend at <laughs> Fidel. Fidel's, the next movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Coño, part two.
1: so what's up fool what's up
4: fool Chillin', what you man? got Rodrigo right
2: here man with fucking a uh, Shy towns finest right here from,
4: hey man you know ranting and raving and shit
2: <laughs> hell yeah dude you that's know? fucking some beautiful information you're spitting out man hey. a lot of people don't know that and with that perspective I know a lot of people from,
1: right? out here going man I thought, seriously I thought, man a lot of people sitting at home right now going man I'm gonna just throw my script away now. <laughs> <laughs> or man like I'm pretty sure Bernie Mac you know knowing him um how many people will walk up to her? man, I got a movie idea for you? Man, that shit. We're unwritten.
4: It was bad then. It's fucking, now You with Facebook and all that shit, motherfucker, the script pitches you get in your inbox, motherfucker will hit you on Twitter, and it's like, yo, I got a series. It's like. You, a series? Yeah, a series. I got a, I got a series idea, man. You better, you got to inbox me. Who agreed like that shit? And, and, and the, in reality, I can't say I blame them. I, I can't say I blame them. I'm, my dumbass is the one who got on Twitter <laughs> and let them see me, right? Like, if you don't want fucking pictures on, on the TV show from Twitter, then get the fuck off Twitter. Because, you know, it, you just came down to the ground level. You know, you just came to where everybody can get at you. And since everybody can get at you, then you got certain decisions to make. How am I going to handle this? How do I respond to it? When do I respond to it? Do these people even fucking, does it matter if I do or don't respond? All of those fucking real choices you got to make. But, yeah, your dumb ass is the one that got on Twitter. Your dumb ass is the one that got, hey, look at me. I'm a showrunner. I'm on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, want to do my TV show? No. Fuck you then. (laughs) Get off Facebook. (laughs) So, yeah, man. No, it it, it happens. You know, it happens a lot. It probably happens every week. Somebody sends a fucking, I got a script. I got a movie. I got a pitch. Can you meet with me? I got an idea or whatever. They did not call me when you said you needed a showrunner. There was a period of time, like, uh, dude, me, anybody else. There's always, always a showrunner, so don't fucking fall for that shit. I won't fall like, for that shit. But they're like, we need a showrunner. Just fucking tell me you don't want to do the idea. Just tell me. <laughs> just, It's okay. Look, motherfucker, it's okay. You got gigs that did you didn't get. You could went fucking went places they didn't want to book you. Fine. I just don't want to fucking call you back no more. I did that shit. There was a, a club on one time. You ever had this one? Where you go, uh, and you probably early on when you're still trying to, you know, your early days, you're middling in some shit like that, and you're trying to get the club date, right? So you call up, like, so what is it? It's fucking February right now, and you call up the fucking funny bone or something. She'd so be like, yeah, man, you know, you say I call you in February so you can get the bookings. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, man. So, like, I'm, I'm booked out to, to, uh, uh, to June 16th. So why don't you call me back in about a month, and then we'll see what we can do then? No, motherfucker, why don't you book me on June 17th? oh oh look man it's not really how we how come you can't do that if you want to book me (laughs) if that's what you're saying and you're booked out to june 16th and then the next day you don't have any fucking bookings why do you want me to wait a month to call you back so then you can fucking tell me that you're booked out to september 16th because that's what the fuck you did when I said, call me back in, in fucking March, and then I called you, and now you're saying you booked until June. Then it was you were booked until April, right? So that's the fucking flip. They do that shit. It's like, just tell me, man. Just tell me you don't want to book me. You know, let, give me the fucking respect of not having to waste a fucking phone call. And so you got to get on the phone with me and lie and tell me to call you at another time because you can't fucking be mad enough to say I don't want you in my club. Just say that. I won't fucking try to come here. Fuck you. I'll go someplace else. <coughs> Yeah, I ain't mad at you you get to put whoever you want to put in your club but why I gotta keep fucking calling you and we do this fucking go round because you too much of a pussy to say you don't want to book me just say it (laughs) then I'll go call somebody else
1: I'm gonna pencil you in
4: (laughs) I mean if you you
1: cancel I could erase it (laughs) I got that one time I'm gonna pencil you in no motherfucker (laughs) put it in ink I don't want you to erase it later.
4: What are you doing, man?
1: Oh man, what are you doing? heartbreak. We will tell you that shit.
4: Man, and and and, and that's the shit you got to go through. That shit though.
1: When you send your whole package, man, you're gonna put a tape and a resume together. You I send it, and I they don't send don't. it back. No thanks. I got one. I, I sent my package to Abrams, Abrams uh-huh. Management. Yeah, I put a resume, everything together, and I mailed it to them, and they send it back. And they said, no thanks. <laughs> and everybody told me, every, every comedian I spoke to, hey, bro, at least they sent it back. <laughs> Return to sender.
2: A little Elvis song. Or oh, the
1: Ice House, too. When I first started off, I tried to call up, and it was a different booker. And she says, um, we have all our headliners right now, and, um, right. and our features, and I don't think you're good enough to compete with the openers. And I'm thinking, lady, I, I, because they have their own openers. Right, right, right. But I was like,
4: You told me to call. You right. know? The guy was going to put me on 5 o'clock funnies. What's wrong with you? Right, right. I I didn't just fucking go, Hey, I have shit to do today. I think I'm going to call up some comedy clubs <laughs> and see if one of them will give me some time on stage. You told me to call. <laughs> I got the number from you. <laughs> call me back in the
1: month. <laughs> um, Bernie Mac had a show on HBO where everything was called Mac.
2: Midnight Mac Hour, Midnight, Midnight Mac, Mac Hour, with the Macaronis. Remember yes, the
1: band, man, the, the Macaronis. You wrote on that show. I was on that show. that was a I bad show. Everything. The, the, night the, night the show. what was
4: the name of the sketch group? The Macaronis, right? That was that was, the, that was the dance group. The dance group, was right, the Macaronis. Right, was the dance group was the Macaronis. That show came out of another one of these little spots. He used to do a show in a little club, a little jazz club. When I tell you this place held a hundred people, right? That was that was it. It was downstairs, like from a diner. Right, uh in the downtown area, like Chicago, if you went down there, you know, it'd be easy to to walk past it and never know it was there. The place was called uh, Milt Trenier's. Milt was in a, a jazz trio called the Trenier Brothers, right? So he had this little jazz club downstairs, same thing. off night. I think we had Mondays. And so Bernie put together a show where it was him. He had like an eight nine piece band on a fucking stage, when I tell you that it was the size of this little tabletop right here, a little bit bigger, because it was square, and so, like, you know, drums was here, and he had a keyboard over there, four home players, uh, bass, guitar, fucking, the whole thing. The dancers would come up on stage, they'd do all of that. He would come down every Monday, I used to write material for him when he did this show, so, like, I would send him five or six pages of jokes. He would take that four, five, whatever he wanted to do, turn that shit into, like, a half-hour set, right? Uh, he did that every Monday. He had the band. He had singers come in. Anytime, like any ball player shit, like Shaq used to come down. Like the band would kick into something. Shaq used to rap, right? <laughs> so Shaq would do like freestyle shit like that. R. Kelly would would be down there. Yeah, I mean, it was really the spot that people came to, man. Uh, a lot of guys came up. Uh, uh, Craig Robinson came there. He started out down there. Deion Cole used to come through there. Corey Holcomb came through. So it was really fucking this great spot and hbo got wind of it i don't fucking know how and uh they came down they saw that show and so that show became the basis for midnight mac midnight mac only did four episodes i think it was only four really cool show and then uh you know that was that and then he started doing he started doing that show as a big touring show so that became the who you wit uh tour and that was the same thing he had the big band the fucking dancers you know two singers on the bill it was like a big fucking traveling variety show, man. Bernie did his own shit. He if, if he did anything, he fucking made his own way. Nobody helped him. You know, everybody had to be convinced. <laughs> so he would go do his shit, get his people, and then, you know, people got won over like that. But, yeah, you know, when they was doing Kings of Comedy, same thing, man. You know, Bernie was the only fucking guy when they went into that tour that was already doing three and four and five thousand seat houses, you know. As big as Steve Harvey is now, at that time, you know, he was doing large and, and great shows, but he wasn't doing them on the level of, of, of Bernie. Bernie was the guy that was fucking, he was the Jeff Foxworthy of that shit at the time. Like, he was the fucking guy that when you started going down to Dothan, Alabama and, you know, Kansas City and all those kind of places, they all knew Bernie. He was the motherfucker that was on tour. Everybody else was doing clubs, they were doing TV, and, you know, and they were doing the Chains. You know, so yeah, Steve was certainly selling out, you know, funny bones and zanies and all that type of shit and was probably doing some theater dates. But Bernie was the guy at that time who was on the road, on the regular, fucking doing four four or five thousand seat houses. Yeah. Damn. Without the Fox show, right? Yeah, that was all before yeah. the Bernie Mac show. <laughs> that was before the fucking T V show. Right. So yeah, man, it was a it was an interesting time, you know. Interesting time.
2: Oh, yeah. Real quick, I was going to ask you when you said um, earlier that Chris Rock was acting like your manager back in the day, was that with Mary Wong or is that?
4: No, it was with Mary Wong. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, he was like, I'm going to manage you guys. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: so you bring the pain?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting year. You know, Chris is a very ambitious dude, man. You know, um, if if you actually look at his track record career wise, you know, you know he's certainly got the stand up thing but you know he's gotten to a place where he's been doing plays now he's directing movies he's writing you know trying to produce other shows he's always been like that but the thing is that you know just getting to a place where you can get some fucking body to take the meeting because when you're a guy like chris and 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 the thing you do is this brilliant stand up they don't give a fuck about you being in a play or doing some acting or a fucking movie they want you to do that they're like, okay, we'll put you in the movie, but are you gonna do the exact same thing that you do when you're doing your stand up, but your name is gonna be, you know, Rick? <laughs> Cause if so, then we'll put you in the fucking movie. Like, and and that's not what he wanted to do in films. You know, he's actually put a lot of work and effort into, you know, working his craft as an actor and, you know, trying to become a director and all that kind of shit. Yeah, but even when you're making a type of dough when you got that fucking, you know, you're the king of a comedy and stand up. You know, they're not trying to fucking make you an actor <laughs> if you want to act they're like you want to go do that shit that you was doing over there. But we're just going to film you while you're doing it and your name's going to be Charlie. It's fine. We'll put you in the fucking movie, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Uh, but no, he's a very ambitious guy, man. Always trying to find a new, fresh thing to do. Artist.
1: I, I met him one time when he was actually working on bringing the pain. we were hanging out in the back of pink dots and he passed by and he he wanted to talk to one of the comedians that were with us. And before, that's funny because he introduced himself to me and the other comedians first. Hey, man, I'm Chris Rock. Man, we know who the fuck you are.
4: Right, right, right. And
1: then I I didn't fuck around, man. Let me get your autograph right now. Right. And he he gave me the autograph right there, Chris Rock. I still have it. And then he went to go do that bit about Bring the Pain. When it was first starting out, we were
4: in the back just watching it. Yeah. Form. I uh, uh, I was with Chris, Mary Wong. We were working with Chris. In San Diego, uh, at what the, I forget what the fucking club is down there? Uh, the Fourth and B. The, no, it wasn't that one. But the, the, on the day of the OJ chase, that's we we all working in San Diego together because uh, we were watching because uh, the Knicks game was on, and so we were watching the game before the show started. And then that shit bloop. And then it was fucking car chase, and we had to do a show that night. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, and and that was before. That was before Bring the Pain and all the shit that he ended up doing about OJ. And you know, uh I ain't saying he did it, but I understand yeah. all that shit, right? Yeah. So we we were all together around that time, man. Interesting time. What's up, fool? What's up, fool? in right here, man, with Ali Leroy. Allie, look at him! I got all the L's in this time. <laughs> I have to, I, look, down, I have to I, look down and read it. I, I miss you saying it the other way, Ali Leroy. <laughs> See, Allie Roy. See, here's the thing, though. I was saying like that the whole time, even though the first time I met you, Allie Roy. See, but, but here's what's important. See, you can say that, and I'm good with you saying that because that's your shit, right? I yeah. know that. I know there's no fucking disrespect there. That's just that's your shit. Like Bernie used to call me Allie <laughs> Allie a woman. <laughs> that was that was he always fucking pronounced Ali. my name like Allie. Like two names. <laughs>
2: come over here let me talk to you for a minute look
4: see you, there you go man Now if you get the Ali part down that fucking, I'd be, it'd be ghost time for me I'd be freaking the fuck out over here so that's that's your shit man and I'll always know that that's Hell you yeah. right you do you do the double L then it's like I don't know if that's him or not that's not Felipe that could be Ali, Ali Roy, Roy. That's, that's, see <laughs> That shit rolls off your tongue. Like I can't even say that. <laughs> You're gonna know, roll your ar, bro. Yes. That's that's your shit. What's up,
1: fool? I have upcoming shows. February twenty, Los Angeles at Club Nokia, two shows. Nine thirty PM show is sold out. Without a showrunner. Seven PM <laughs> show at it and tickets still available. February twenty fifth to twenty eighth, I'm going to Cleveland. Yes. I'm going to Hilarities. March 3rd through the 6th, Irvine Improv. March 17th through twenty, Tempe Improv. Tempe. All Tampa. tickets... Huh? Oh, it's Tampa. Okay, yeah. my bad. March 17th and 26th, Tampa, Ebor City. We're back. You know Tampa and Tempe is really fucking far apart. That yeah, that's it's sure. totally different towns. <laughs> <laughs> one has cigars, one has blunts. <laughs> <laughs> All ticket links and info at <laughs> felipesworld.com <laughs> slash tour. Okay. So, Outlet's going to be your home forever?
4: Yes, Forever, ever, I'm ever, fucking, yeah, I'm, no shows for me, man. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna stick with this TV shit, man.
1: When I saw you at the at the Arsenio Hall thing, when I met you, I right. said, "Oh, cool, wait, this guy's a writer." And I, I always like everybody in the office and everybody working. I saw Hugh Moore right. typing, right, and I'm thinking this is a cool job.
4: But when I was talking to you, I said, "Wow, man, those jobs don't last." I guess, dude, it's 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 about you. You gotta keep, you know, it's a different muscle to work, you know, just like you got to... cup. Keep working your act. I got to keep doing this. I got to keep trying to come up with shit. Sometimes you take a job, you know, with somebody, you know, you got to go in and fucking sell yourself and get on somebody's show. Or you got to keep trying to come up with your original shit and see if you can go and sell that. I am a showrunner, but they don't necessarily give a fuck about every idea I have. So, yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's your, your funny, your creativity, your art, all that shit. You know whether it's whether it's on a stage with the fucking mic at the typewriter or whatever it is, you gotta fucking work it. You gotta keep hitting it. You gotta know what the fuck you're trying to do with yourself, and you can't, you know, you can't get knocked out the box just because somebody didn't, you know, they wasn't digging you just yet. Yeah, fuck you. I know I'm funny. I, I get there. Don't worry about it.
1: It was in time, bro. <laughs> what would you tell somebody that's trying to be a showrunner?
4: Uh, stop. Just just go do something else.
2: Cold hard truth.
3: Yeah.
4: Look, here. this this is is actually my favorite saying. Uh, I came up with this. If somebody wants to get in the show business, don't try and help them. Try and stop them. If you can stop them, they don't belong in this shit. That's right, bro. That's all this shit is motherfuckers telling you no. No, 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 you can't be in my club No, I don't want you to fucking go on tour with me No, I don't want your TV show No, I don't fucking want you to be in my movie No, I don't want you to fucking be on my TV No, I don't want you to write No, no, leave me the fuck alone No, quit fucking me, sending me fucking ideas on Facebook No, no, as soon as they stop, good All right, that's one down (laughs) (laughs) I just gotta stop this other six billion motherfuckers (laughs) I can go to sleep. An army of strangers. and I got, I got a fresh new idea. No, you can't have a podcast. <laughs> hey, man, what's my man, DJ Khaled? He's right. They don't want you to have a podcast, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: they don't want you to have a system of a down T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe, don't believe him, man, (laughs) motherfucker. Who knew that DJ Khaled was gonna be the guy? He's the motherfucker, like he's the most inspirational motherfucker ever.
1: How did he become so famous in memes? What did he do?
4: I don't know, man. Little face, huh? He was at home. Yeah, (laughs) he was at home with a phone and had an idea, and he ran with it. He's like, "This Snapchat's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm just gonna use it for everything." (laughs) They don't want you to eat fruit. They don't want you to have a plant. Let's up. Cloth talk.
1: I remember there was a car chase here in LA four years ago. They don't want you to be in a car chase. (laughs) And the guy was Serbian or Serbian or he was an Armenian. He was a Russian. He was a Middle Eastern looking guy. That's a lot of
4: motherfuckers. (laughs) He was a guy with a big nose. You're the type of dude that makes it difficult when motherfuckers commit a crime and then like a whole neighborhood gets taken down. (laughs)
2: Give us a description. Serbian,
4: Armenian, Russian. I don't know. (laughs) You're Syrian. (laughs) Well... It was a car chase, right? And the
1: news broke out. It's DJ Khaled. It was a it was a Ferrari. A guy in a Ferrari or Lamborghini driving right, real right. fast. And that was the word went out. It was DJ Khaled. But right. it wasn't really him. It wasn't him. He didn't want to be in a car chase. <laughs> it would have been me, bro. How could I get all those likes? So what's up, fool? It was so Allie Roy. Roy, people. <laughs> Showrunner in the house. I love it. Showrunner. This is the best. Or, you, you want to be a showrunner, bro?
2: Hey, who knows, though?
1: To be the showstopper,
2: bro. <laughs> right, right.
4: How many sh- black showrunners do you know besides Lee Daniels? Well, now there's a few. There's a few more, uh, and there's ones that you aren't aware of because they aren't like high profile. Uh, of course, there's Shonda Rhimes. There's Mara Brock Akil. Uh uh myself, you know, Lee Daniels, technically a showrunner, although he's not a writing showrunner, you know, so he's not the guy that's there every week. Uh because that's uh the woman. Oh fuck. They used to do the L word. Uh I for, I forget her name. Uh so she's actually the day-to-day showrunner that Show although Lee Daniels uh, uh created there. Uh there's Kenya Barris on Blackish. Uh, there's a woman who you don't know, uh, by, by name face, very low profile, uh, called uh, Pam Vise. And, uh, she is showrunner on like, a, I think it was NCIS. I think it's an NCIS show that she's a showrunner on. Uh, so there's, a, there's a handful. Uh, Chris Spencer is the showrunner on, uh, uh, the Kevin Hart thing on, on BET. Husbands and Wives. Uh, uh the real The Real Husbands of Hollywood yeah Uh, let's see there's a new show out there's a woman named Jackie McKinley she's just got a show on TV1 uh, called Here We Go Again um, now there's a handful like and I'm just hitting the ones that are right on the top of my head but I would say now there's maybe two dozen you know on, on various levels different shows that are kind of sprinkled around all of the shows aren't you know, don't necessarily have all the name uh and the cachet, uh, but but they're out there with this. John Ridley, of course, he's on uh, American Crime, that's his show. So yeah, there there's definitely a few out there now. Uh a lot more than like eight years ago, right? So it's you know, it's there and and TV does a lot better than film. Yeah. T doing a lot better with just having Diverse writers rooms, you know, uh, diverse creators, because there's so many niche markets, you know, there there's a whole channel of black people. There's a whole channel uh, of Latino people, you know, so it's like we got to get fucking somebody to translate for us. Uh, so so there's there, there's more of it. So it's it's better now than it was. But again, it's nowhere near as as good as it should be. It's It's just not so, you know, they're working on it, I guess
1: what's up fool well thank you very much for being our our guest Ali roy hell yeah <laughs> you're awesome bro I love now that. i know I, I gotta i know one showrunner right now I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna get pulled against that stumping block i'm gonna
4: go listen <laughs> i know a showrunner ready right now bro <laughs> he knows my whole act right. he's seen my whole act i seen the act man There's a showrunner. Don't tell me we got to find a showrunner. There's lots of showrunners. You mean to tell me if we went on TV right now and said, I need a showrunner, that nobody would show up? That's what you're trying to (laughs) tell me. That if we went to fucking, we got the Rolodex from the agents, and we said, look, uh, we need a showrunner. You mean to tell me that nobody would come? Some people would come. Okay, then it's not that we need a showrunner. What the fuck is it? (laughs) Just tell me the truth.
1: Rodrigo, what you got? What's the truth?
4: Nothing.
2: Just chilling, man. Fucking hell.
1: You got nothing to add?
2: Yeah, uh, we mentioned in the beginning, but uh, please come out uh, on Terry Improv, uh, March 17th. It's going to be uh, with Armando Cosillo, Flaco, if he's still alive, PK Flacco. hosting, and Chris Storin.
1: Also, man, the Club Nokia, this is the show. It's going to be Marcella, Rodrigo Torres, Johnny Sanchez, and me. We Hell got yeah. Joe Diaz right, right. here. Your, your
4: phone just lit up. Joey D. <laughs> it's Coco, right? Hell yeah. yeah.
1: What's up, Joey? We're doing the podcast right now. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a show in Nokia on uh, February 20. All right. Tell him I say what's up, man. Allie Roy says what's up, bro. <laughs> he says what's up, bro. Yeah, send him my love.
4: La- you know, last time I saw Joey was actually on a podcast with uh, Felicia Michaels. We were... Beauty uh, and the Beast? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's right. Yeah. He said the last time we talked to you was on Beauty and the Beast with Felicia Michaels. All right. All I'll those. call you, bro.
4: See if Joey knows any right. us. Right.
1: right. Like it's the real shit. That's right, cocksuckers, send them my
3: love.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so you got any shows coming up? You want to promote anything? Uh, uh, Survivor's Remorse is on the Stars Network. Uh, we are in production right now, so look for that uh, on Stars in, I think, August. Uh, that'll be uh, coming on right before or after the show Power. Uh, that's on. And, like, that's the main thing. I, I got a podcast, man, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. Uh, because we haven't uh done episodes in, in a while. Maybe I'll get oh, you over God. there. Oh, yeah. Smith. You and Owen Smith? Yeah, me and Owen Smith. all uh, Alias Smith and Leroy. So look that up on iTunes. I will. Yeah, yeah. Alias Smith and how do you pronounce my name? Leroy, bro. Leroy <laughs> oh, <but see>, no, <laughs> Right, see that. Leroy, Roy. Right. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> Roy. Allie Roy. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah, man. That's like the coolest fucking thing. I I love that man.
3: I love it. Man.